suggested a primed antiviral state in bats. And however, a unique distribution was not detected in other bat species, but just one. But similar results have been observed in some species of fish. Hmm. Some bats have also evolved alternative pathways to activate antiviral responses that are regulated by these, which may explain the inability of some coronaviruses to inhibit the interferon response in these bats. So they're trying to paint a picture here of some weakness in your immune system that is exploited by these zoonotic creatures, these viruses, and it's all nonsense. It's all creating an illusion an illusion that obviously doesn't exist or we'd all be dead a long time ago. But they want you to believe the illusion so that you think that gain-of-function experiments are dangerous, that you think these people are creating pathogens that will kill us all. What if that's not the case? What if the mammalian immune system utilizes numerous highly developed mechanisms to defend against viral infection? What if the most sophisticated of these systems, adaptive immunity, is controlled by vast fleets of highly variable antigen-binding molecules called B-cell receptors or T-cell receptors? Although research focused on antibody-mediated immunity has made up the majority of published SARS-CoV-2 immunology work to date, some evidence suggests, including all previous immunology papers before 2020, suggests that antibodies play a secondary role in ultimately clearing SARS-CoV. In fact, Stanley Perlman's work shows that antibodies are incapable of clearing a SARS-CoV-2 infection and that T-cells are required. But why don't we want to talk about T-cells? Why do we want to talk about antibodies? Because for 25 years, the Vaccine Research Center of the NIAID and NIH has been working on the principle that antibodies are the primary response to a viral infection, and that we need to make antibodies in order to clear the virus, in order to block the virus from from docking with tissues. And it is this oversimplification of the immune response authored by Tony Fauci, pushed by Tony Fauci's funding and by his grant grant calls that get us from pathogen to countermeasure so that he can disrupt the system from the inside and rearrange it the way it works, no matter what you think or what you want. And they can disrupt the regulatory system as well to go from watchdog to enabler. That's how they're going to disrupt the system. That's how they have disrupted the system. Secret meetings over and over again with elite groups of people and fancy food describing the plan of how when the emergency occurs, we're going to have to throw out the regulatory agencies, rip up the rule book, and go from being a watchdog to an enabler to get us from pathogen to countermeasure in record time. And the way that they did that was a combination of changing the way you think about your immune system, changing the way you think about the coronavirus swarm, and thinking the way you think of changing the way you think about all-cause mortality by not paying any attention to New Zealand anymore, but at the same time telling us about running out of wood to burn the bodies in India. 
This is what all-cause mortality looks like on a graph from 2000 to 2020. In the United States, year on year, these spikes are winter spikes in death. It happens every year. And you see that this graph is kind of sloping upward because we are having an increasing aging population. And in order to understand this graph, you need to understand that aging population. And this is a graph that they've never shown you on PBS NewsHour because this would reveal the illusion. They have never shown you this, ever, ever, ever. And they never will. Because if they did, they would show you, it would show you how ridiculous this illusion is. One website I can recommend is freeprogram.com, which is the UK data uh, calculated in this way. And I can also recommend this one where Dennis Rancourt's paper is that analyzes, and this is what I'm going to talk about now. Please be understand that there are two basic shapes of a pyramid, one in a growing population where there aren't very many old people for whatever reason, maybe it's malnutrition, maybe it's life and, and life expectancy and the, and the overall living conditions there. And compare that to something like Canada that has an aging population and a large group of people coming out of the baby boomer age that's starting to age up here. And so you're going to have an increase in the number of people that are dying because of these old people reaching the top that you don't have here, right? This shape, as it moves up and these people get older, well, you will have if bigger writing, spikes figure out what you think, cause you're going to use what you think to guide your action. And the consequence of that is going to be how your life death, turns out. That's what you see. So I'm dead serious about what I write because, because I know what the pathway is. It's like you don't, you don't communicate in a false manner because if you do, you will warp the structure. have the power to manipulate reality like you have the power to bring about reality sure reality without it snapping you don't back think at so you. you don't think so so you don't think visionaries and influencers have the ability to bend reality no and- i don't think they bend it i, I think that they 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 I mean, you can bring new things into being, but you can't, you can't get away with a falsehood. Hmm. No, you can definitely bring new things into being. You can't get away with a falsehood. Yes, that's it. Maybe, so, okay, makes sense. And, and you can't get away with weak thinking either, because, I mean, any more than you can get away with improper action. It just doesn't work. So you're, you're contending. It's, it's why, I mean, one of the themes in my writing is the danger of falsehood. At any, at every level, it's like, well, if you tell the truth to the degree that you can, or at least don't lie, that think that's rule eight, um, then you have reality on your side. You got to decide, man. You want reality on your side, or do you want reality against you? Now, I wouldn't recommend the whole reality against you thing, because you're not going to win. You're going to get flattened. You are listening to the paradigm shift. I am your host, JP. 
Always happy to be here with you. Thanks for joining me. You're tuned into StudioJFM.com, the home of the paradigm shift. Please share that link right now so others can enjoy the show too. We are broadcasting live at a Rio Rancho, New Mexico. It's been raining for days. <laughs> well, all day, I should say. But it has been raining a lot here. It's been annoying. I opened with Jordan Peterson tonight because he makes it very clear that at some point a lie will catch up with you. But not a lie, but all lies. We are living in a time where lying is being conducted at record speeds, but we are also being conditioned to accept those lies. I refuse. I will not. I no longer will keep things to myself when I know in my heart our fellow man is suffering. I cannot long, no longer be silent. I cannot do it. At some point, the, re- the reality is going to flatten them. And by them, I mean... You, Klaus Schwab, you, Yuval Harari, you, Bill Gates, you, Dr. Fraudy Fauci, you're criminals and eugenicists, and we refuse you and your world. I want to thank you for listening to StudioJFM.com. You know the deal. The network is spread organically by you, the listeners, and I thank you. A grassroots effort, no paid followers, no paid internet, no advertising. I don't sell anything. I just like to be here. I'm rushing for a reason. Here with you, the listener. If you choose, you can donate at, at uh, studio. You can donate to StudioJFM.com at JoeMagin at Yahoo.com on the PayPal. Thank you, those of have. Thank you, those that can't. Thank you, everybody that listens. There's hundreds of you accessing the station i really dig it i think that is so super awesome tell your friends spread the word we're doing real radio here without all the bullshit. the network is not syndicated it doesn't have no big gig money we're just here spreading truth man spreading truth and it's up to you to make that truth go forward we have to spread the word it only works when listeners tell other people that are interested. I don't want to, you know, we don't want to bring on any, you know, you wish you could wake up the world, but you just can't, man. You just can't. So, you know, anyway, top-notch programming. You know what the deal is, 24-7, 365. I'm not going to read the schedule to you. It is on the website. However, there is a change. We are done with George Norrie and Coast to Coast. We're converting to uh, Clyde Lewis and Ryan Gable. Those run all night on uh, Aftermath Network. So there you go, Aftermath Media. And they got the stuff. Go there, get the goods, buy goods from any network that we run, please. Now, on the new show, that is official start tonight, airing at 11 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. The night shift is an open call show, much like Art Bell, but please do not email me and tell me we are copycatting Art Bell. My name is JP, the host of the night shift. When, you, when, you, when you're hating, make sure you spell it right. Keep it clean, radio ready, open phones for whatever you want to talk about. We're going to be looking for aliens tonight. Now, I have bought you reports from many different people. Dr. Naomi Wolf telling us the dangers that lie ahead with the vax mothers and pregnant women. Dr. Robert Malone telling us the dangers of the PCR test. Dr. Zelenki, God rest his soul, telling us of clotting and his treatment to help people with that problem. Mike from Natural News showing us with morticians right there live finding strange nanotech structure building 
stuff happening in vaccinated people's body. Businessman Steve Kirsch and his studies of people dying and getting sick. And my dear friend, Dr. Sky Houston, telling us over and over again how they're going to use COVID as an excuse to intertwine us into the evil web, crossing the line of machine and man. Reports of millions, millions of injuries, thousands of athletes dying, maimed for life, never to compete again, the tremors, the paralysis, the people that will never live a normal life again. Folks, it has to stop. We cannot let these people poison our friends and family anymore. We have to reject this so-called science now, and I mean now. We have to take what we know and act on it. Now, hang tight with me. I have with us tonight Dr. Kevin McCarran, and it's McCarran with an N, so if I'm not saying it right, is a system neuroscientist with over 25 years of academic and industry experience. His experience with neurodegenerative diseases and complex whole brain networks that has placed him at the center of the ongoing controversies surrounding the origins and the associated pathologies of SARS-CoV-2 the impact of mandated gene transfection as a method to treat SARS-CoV-2 infections and the role of the military-industrial complex into current research and emerging pathogens of concern. He is currently working on a part on a campaign to provide indictments against individuals and organizations who are responsible for SARS-CoV-2 via 10letters.org. Now, bear with me. You know I have to switch systems completely uh to bring on the zoom calls but and we're doing this again in the second hour it's gonna be so much fun got a great night planned for you starting the meeting now and uh looks like uh looks like dr recording in progress mccarn is in we're gonna start that he should be in let's see what happens uh, I'm waiting for my video to start. There we go. In progress. Oh, God. <laughs> Doctor, can you I hear us? Alien shirt uh, on. I can. Uh, I've probably got. I got a little lighting issue here. Hold tight. Doctor, can you hear us? Yes, that I can. There we go. Mute. And let me mute my end. Unmute. Okay, just hold and tight your mic. We don't have your mic, Doctor. If you could just turn that on, we would be rocking and rolling. Got it. There we go. I got you. Start video. There we go. Hey, all right. Okay, welcome. How do I pronounce your last name, sir? Uh, you were close. Uh, it's McCann. McCann. Okay, very good. Welcome to the Paradigm Shift. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, it's my pleasure, and uh, thank you for uh, inviting me on. Um, I heard you read off a list of uh, what I consider fellow warriors in, a, in science insurgency okay. uh, at the moment that uh, we've been fighting uh, for two and a half years now, trying to, well, trying to address the, to put it lightly, which is what has been uh, gaslighting um, a, a distortion of the science as it relates to SARS-CoV-2, its origins, um, perhaps what they were intending to achieve with it. And, um, you know, uh, each of us will have a slightly different take, I guess. Um, I have, a, well, I came at it very much from the neurological neuroscience uh, direction, um, primarily because I, I believe I was in hard contact with it in early December in South Korea in a city called uh, Daegu, 
which was the seat of one of the biggest uh, outbreaks uh, recorded in the pandemic, which was linked okay. to a cult called the Shinchioji cult. Uh, yeah, <laughs> literally, they have they have this problem in Asia with uh, Christian cults of different forms, and this and interesting. And, this and they were spreading this as yes. a demonic attack or attack against the demons, or well, this their so their leader considered himself a manifestation of Jesus and Satan oh. at the same time, oh. Oh. and <laughs> yes. And their gig was that, you know, even if you were ill, you were, they would all have community meals together. Everything was sort of done as a, as a community. And they had, uh, direct, or they had quote unquote churches in Wuhan. And, um, it's very likely that they were tracking back what, what is SARS-CoV-2. Now, you know, we right. can get into the details of what what it is, what I think it is. Uh, I can briefly tell you that yeah, I, I think we'd be interested to know because a lot of people think that it's a computer generated thing that doesn't exist. And a lot of people believe it is this thing that is a bioweapon. So, yeah, please explain. We'd love to hear that. Yeah. So um, I, I maybe I'll address the uh, the in silico stuff later i'll i'll give you like i say from my own personal experience and sure um this was an illness i work in clinical neuroscience i've seen most uh and experienced most illnesses i've traveled across the world i've uh, worked on most continents and um this was something unusual particularly um if you might not have been in the uh the best of health we know there's an age stratified risk associated with sars-cov-2 i am i'm I guess semi-retired now. I was uh, I, I was retired due to a head injury, uh, my own oh. my own fault. But um, so I was um, visiting there just to help people with a project, and um, sure. it it took me out very very hard. And you, you got it. You mean the disease? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think I'm I'm a hundred percent sure. And what what was unique about it was the degree to which um, it went for at the neural level i didn't so much have the breathing issues that people okay uh talk about but uh you know i was in a highly febrile state i was uh, hallucinating actually for a week i didn't know really yeah wow. and it was very touch and go and uh, at one point in a at a moment of lucidity i just said to my wife we need to try something else get some aspirin and um with with taking aspirin it started to turn turn things around and what we begun to find out or we've learned about SARS-CoV-2 is that it's a uh, it's not a respiratory pathogen it might spread via aerosols but it'll impact the gut the airways and um, it can also transfect central nervous system and okay. it's it's what's called a, a coagulopathy meaning that it call it causes abnormal clotting and um, aspirin for mm -hmm. For all its um, simplicity and um, availability, is one of the best anticoagulants that we have. Right? Often, when you go and you've sure. got a, a vascular disease, uh, a risk of clotting, they'll put you on low dose aspirin, warfarin, those those types of drugs. But aspirin 
has been a mainstay of, of these treatments. And, and wasn't there a point where they were saying, don't take aspirin? Oh, I've yeah. Heard that. Oh, yeah. Really? So <laughs> this, this was um, as I so backwards with this, you know, that's what's mm -hmm. getting to me is that everything's backwards. Yes, very much so. And the <laughs> the the shocking thing was, as I was watching the events begin to unfurl because I was just recovering. I, I had a very long, drawn out recovery. And I was watching what was happening as they were beginning to announce, oh, there's something, something's happening, right? People, people are getting ill. Wuhan seems to be an ignition point. And um, I'm trained to work with non-human primates. I specialize in disease modeling. I'm, I okay. can work in BSL-3 and 4 laboratories. And everything that I could see coming out just didn't fit with what... I understood to be the standard operating procedure should you think that there's a uh, a breach in your lab uh, because of uh, whatever, whatever it is that you're testing, especially especially pathogens. And, and usually that's to sort of withdraw back. Um, you shut everything down and you, you, you wait to see what happens to individuals who are potentially exposed now none of that seemed to be occurring in the december and january but we had open source information begin to be released and a lot of information now points to september october as being the sure. the the start start time maybe there was something around the military games uh in wuhan and you know there's a fairly well demonstrated uh path of infection if you like um that we can track from wuhan and you know we had the you know the chinese themselves preventing internal travel while allowing international travel um uh, again this was another breakdown in um right. pandemic preparedness because they were supposed you're supposed to stop international travel um if you think that there's uh, a another thing that was backwards mm-hmm yeah interesting yeah and design yeah very much so and so. you know there was i said at the beginning there was there's been much gaslighting that was um thrown at the public as this series of events began to unroll and you know i so my immediate suspicions was this didn't feel natural per se i, I suspected a lab origin very early on I began to um, try to call that out. And I tried to point out that there was this neurological component to the disease that people need to be paying attention for. And I was getting shut down left, right, and center, despite being um, an international recognized expert in the sure. in modeling, disease modeling. And um, it, it started to look... Um, ever more well like they'd got their all their ducks lined up in a row to uh, to control narrative and right. to you know jump to the uh, the current state of affairs we find ourselves in a situation where actually neurological sequelae meaning just complications that are um in in the pub uh, or the public are experiencing are primarily a lot of neurological disorder 
Um, that, that's what we're seeing right now. What um, kind of things are you seeing for the layman? Uh, so the, the long COVID um, phenotype. So there is a long COVID. This does exist. Yes. Yes. Okay. And there, right. there are very, very um, well, I, I want to say, they're understood mechanisms as to why they do occur. And yeah. we can get a little bit into what that pathophysiology is but you know this was something that i was trying to warn about from the beginning and, and again i would hit this brick wall and you know it sort of required me to change tack it came like i say it became much more like a, a this wasn't an academic game you could play and so it, it right. started out like or it changed into what for me became like as i say like an insurgency to um point out to the public whoever would listen that there was uh, something dreadfully wrong with the current oh, <laughs> it's ancient ancient history now in the in the scheme of things but seems uh, like right yeah um but there was a a small group of scientists who did manage to keep trying to raise the issue that this is a likely lab origin pathogen while at the same time we had the <clears throat> gatekeepers the orthodox gatekeepers doing everything to try to convince you that this was a consequence of boiling bats uh and pangolins into soups and uh you know wet markets in china and viruses leaping left right and center out of the uh out of the bushes and nothing to do with a very recently established bsl4 laboratory in wuhan who specifically works on the type of viruses that is the right sars cov2 and you know there's so, been... so so let me just ask you a question do you think that this thing was an accidental spill. I mean, you you don't have to say whatever you don't like, of course. But or do you think that this was actually set out as a bioweapon against the world? Um, so, I find myself compelled to um, hold publicly the position that um, it's it's this is a consequence of what we call dual use research of concern, a gain of function dual use research of concern, right and in that context the way that i've seen the narrative controllers try to maintain the lid on the situation uh, whether whether it's the orthodox scientists who were receiving hundreds or billions of dollars in in the last 10 20 years to be sure. working on these uh, on these pathogens or the what I consider um, very much psychological operations geared towards distracting the public from asking the ne necessary questions, which have manifested as viruses don't exist. Um, everything, everything is just theatrics to try to push us towards uh, this. You know, you, you, I heard you mention. Klaus Schwab and the World Economic oh, yeah. Forum, and All you know, our buddies there. Yeah, and look, I don't, I don't have any uh, issue with the line of thinking um, and investigation that goes into the how should we put it impact that this particular group has had, um, particularly in the lead up to SARS, as. Right. 
as the pandemic unrolled and public policy decisions that we see being forced through regardless of how the data continues to evolve around around the virus itself and you know just to quickly sort of summarize that up that seems very much geared towards um a highly invasive and pervasive um surveillance system where your life gets dictated by qr codes and um the and the vax is such a push for this one world system uh right yes well it's definitely one of the major pillars now the the real when you really get down into the grubby uh, underside of it there's there's plenty about both the pathogen itself and the medical countermeasures that have been deployed meaning now I'm, are you going out on YouTube? Can I ask? Or? No, no, I am not. No. So I, as I'm not I, on YouTube, <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm not, and so I pop up there um, occasionally. Yeah. Um, but I do realize we have to keep a uh, the language constrained somewhat. But so for sure. people who are listening just on my stream, I'm recording it. I'm putting out my end. I'm just going to switch off YouTube because I want to be able to. Yeah, talk freely here, but like I said, I don't mess around with YouTube anymore. I got banned a long time ago. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah, me too. But the the problem is that um, to try to reach people, um, it it still requires me to use those platforms to leverage, like I say, because I get shut down hard, right? Right. In fact, like literally in midstream, they'll pull the plug on me <laughs> they literally they've debanked me so um i can't use um internet payment processing that paypal taken away from me oh, and i was nice. using that to um raise money to actually go and do proper investigations into uh into the products of interest so folks if you listen i'm going to switch off youtube because i want to just tell you one thing so you know so you can adjust if needed to sir we do broadcast out of the uk from radio.co so just keep that in mind if you feel like you know something in the back of your mind reminds you maybe i won't say that or maybe i should say this you know what i mean oh i mean look i'm from the uk originally um i'm uh, I'm ashamed to see how the country has just capitulated to uh, techno-fascist, globalist, global homo agenda that is... Um, it's insane. Uh, yeah. And so my, my, my YouTube is off, so um, I can... I, I, I can uh, freely. Yeah, cut loose. So the... Now, you, you have done some research on this vaccine, correct? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and this was in consequence, uh, as a consequence of what I consider to be. So I talked about that there are there are two extreme sides to this debate and equation, and uh, like I say, there's the orthodox science and the governmental transnational narrative. There's also a nonsense machine, which I it very much looks like is being leveraged to distract people and so we heard very early on that there was uh nano hydras in these vaccines there was um 
synthetic nanobots made out of auto-assembling graphene oxide and graphene products, etc. And what could be done with those? I mean, what are you know? What are their purpose? Do you believe that? You know, oh, I, 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 all the tests that I've done, um, and like I've streamed them live, and I've used uh, top top end, top of the line. Uh, equipment that costs literally millions of dollars to do these experiments and i i don't see anything like that okay but what you do see particularly with the uh the mrna lipid nanoparticle uh vaccines is that you will often get a precipitate in those vaccine vials that's obvious um but what is that precipitate precipitate which these people were looking at with um dark field microscopy well you do the uh, requisite analysis you use something called uh, raman spectroscopy and you can look at the molecular signal and i i made a comparison with uh, pure graphene oxide where you can get the characteristic um spectral signature it's a sort of double peaked uh, spectral <clears throat> signature around 1600 centimeter wavelength and um, I didn't find anything that would fit with what was, again, this hyper-accelerated narrative that was being put out. And I would, I would stress that it's allowed to be put out because what it does is people will latch onto that and then it makes it easier for those who do have power, who do want to control narrative, to sweep you off the board, right? Because it's easy for them to turn around and say, huh, you know, you're, it's not, not what you're seeing is is not what you think it is, and like I say, so by doing a proper analysis, taking on the people who were pushing these particular lines of um, reasoning, um, was that those inclusions are cholesterol-like inclusions, matches okay. all the signatures, nothing. Nothing that would appear to be graphene oxide. Now, again, there there are billions of doses. Of course, it comes with this caveat, and maybe, maybe, just maybe, those other groups somehow who lean that way always just happen to find the uh, the nanobots and the nanohydras, right? Just or they always just happen to find. I, and you've never found anything like that. Nothing. Nothing. Okay, good. That's good to know. I mean, you know, we want to know what you know professionals are saying, and and that's good. And okay, but this this brings us to something much more fundamental. Okay, which is, um, well, there's something going on. All right, okay, around around the pathogen itself and around the medical countermeasures. I don't like to call them vaccines. They're gene transfection technologies that have been uh, transfection. Re yeah, gene transfection, which means taking a foreign piece of genetic material and having you express that piece of uh, code so that you produce a, a foreign protein. Okay. And, and it's this foreign protein that we have to understand fully to understand the scope of what's being done and perpetrated against the world. And Interesting. This, this is something that those of us who argued and pushed back from the very beginning this is a lab origin pathogen there are peptide sequences or genetic sequences nucleotide sequences okay. in the spike protein 
for example, which are uh, match or have high homology with HIV. HIV? Yeah. Okay. And uh, homology with uh, rabies. Homology, oh. there is some overlap, of course. We had the venom in the water psyop a few weeks ago. What was that? Yes, I remember that. So that was just, uh, you know, a distraction. Again, yeah, I would argue that there's uh, very, very sophisticated real-time analytics and psychological operations, or IIA operations as they're known, which allow these people to get signal boosted onto these uh, alternative channels and uh, push a particular idea that once a real sign or someone who's you know, qualified, technically sure. qualified to address the issue at hand can dismiss easily. Now, there is, like I say, the, 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 when I mentioned rabies, right. um, homology, that homology is laps over with, um, cobra or snake toxins, right? Similar, okay. you find similar motifs in snakes, but it's not unique to snakes it, it covers from viruses sure. to bacteria so there's another epitope uh so super super antigenic sequences that come from staphylococcus uh bacteria so, so why would these things be in the these well there's the question transfection shots there's the question and the question interesting <clears throat> so some some of the theories at the beginning were that they were working on what's called a live attenuated vaccine. Okay. So vaccines as a product tend to be more efficacious when you can give a whole attenuated virus with the, with your epitopes that you want to induce immunity against. And perhaps this was a, an attempt at a live attenuated vaccine maybe geared towards HIV is the HIV epitope to prevent HIV in the future or be, maybe, uh, maybe. Okay. Right. Uh, you, you could, you could initially rabies possibly be safe from a dog by with rabies again, potentially. And the, but the, the, the problem is, is that there are far too many of these, well, gene sequences that would, that don't, fit what we would what we would consider to be a vaccine candidate candidate because there are too there's too much other stuff and this is this is where hopefully i can take you with the with the okay. science that Let's we yeah. that we do understand right that yes. that is part of the um theorizing and now extant data that we've managed to to gather from various scientific publications that have come out you know people people are looking and looking at one small factor of the virus itself or the or the vaccines etc and sure um and, but it all it all starts pointing to a particular design principle behind SARS-CoV-2 and you okay so there's this argument about having a live attenuated vaccine that could be deployed maybe for hiv because hiv is a uh, there are tens of millions of people infected now there's um it's one of the bigger um longer so running that's, that's an odd statistic you would have to agree 
the numbers of HIV people, there's much more than there's was in the past. I would imagine. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, again, uh, people people who would argue that HIV is not uh, real, I would again, you know, this is something that I've had to learn over the last two and a half mm -hmm. years, right? That the stories that the mainstream keep trying to tell you about these viruses jumping out of jungles and bat caves because someone's gone in and eaten a bit of bush meat are nonsense. Yeah. <clears throat> they're cover they're cover for defense programs that go back decades. Hundreds more than a hundred years in fact. You can you can in modern So this is deep research weapon studies. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's uh, people should be aware of something called the Special Virus Cancer Program. Um, this emerged out of the va early vaccine programs around polio when, when they were trying to, you know, come up with well, the concept of vaccines as a um, pillar of medical treatment. And they found that there were, they would give uh, certain polio vaccines, particularly in Africa. And what that led to was a whole bunch of um, cancers, oral cancers. And oh. this launched the special virus cancer program. And they began to look and, you know, they found a whole bunch of simian uh, viruses that are a consequence of the culture medium in which they grow viruses. And um, this was, uh, it's commonly known as SV40, it means simian virus 40 that they identified in these cultures that was responsible for causing these um, aggressive tumors in people who were exposed to the vaccines. This was the Salk vaccine. Um, this is decades ago now. But this special virus cancer program um, was a integral part of the biowarfare programs in the Cold War. Okay. Um, it, it was uh, front and center. It enabled a concerted push by the Department of Defense in conjunction with the CDC and, you know, the equivalents of NIH, etc. in the early days to, um, to continue to look at these pathogens as tools for well for, for multiple possibilities yeah um too much power for anybody to have in their hands mm -hmm. yes and right now SARS-CoV-2 is just a continuation of the same programs now they've they've give it a new spin in the 21st century so after 9-11 we had uh, obviously people remember the anthrax attacks that occurred right and those well you know i was talking about this with uh good friends the other day and i shout out to mark uh kulak who's tonic live uh, my good friend jonathan gooey giga and biological i encourage everyone just go and see the recent streams we did together there as a summation other streams that i've done where we've where we've looked into this but you know that as 9 11 was unfurling there was you know just prior to that and post 9 11 there was all these meetings occurring about what would happen with respect to um bioterrorism mm. what's the particularly the us going to do 
and you had the Bio-Patriot Act emerge after 9-11. It was found out that the anthrax that was used around 9-11, its origin was Fort Detrick. It was a known agent called a Merithrax, um, a highly powdered aerosolized form of anthrax that was injected oh into God. the postal system. I said, I've cast your mind back and, right. and, and remember uh, what, the, what they did. And this opened the way for them to start pouring in investment dollars into quasi-military, quote-unquote, academic research. So, you know, I'm sure they made lots of money at it, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, that, 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 like I say, billions of dollars have been yeah. poured into these programs. And one of the early products of the, let's call it the new paradigm post 9-11, was okay. the observation of SARS-like viruses, coronaviruses that had a, um, that were capable of producing what at the time were considered these uh, severe acute respiratory distress syndromes. Um, I, 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 it's, it's a huge topic and I would, I've got colleagues who I would encourage you to speak to we could all all get together and and dig into this and you know and we can all add a little bit with respect to the uh those the the real history that's occurred not the gaslighting that the right um but, the, but my my question is why aren't doctors and people in the medical field standing up to what they know is going on? I mean, they have to know by now what is going on. Um, fear. Um, lose something. Yeah. I mean, look, most doctors, especially in the U S uh, in debt to the uh, tune of hundreds of thousands of dollars because of their medical, uh, degrees. Right. Right. And, you know, yeah, okay, a doctor might make, get well paid, etc. But um, when you're when you're starting off the game, hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt, right, you're you're inclined to go with the flow to make sure that, you know, you continue to, like I say, get federal funding, you don't want to be kicked off the Medicaid program because uh you've got a reputation for standing up and questioning the right. the, the the government just turns its wrenches where it has to to keep people in line yeah yeah look we, we live in an age where most people most of us are just debt slaves or in poverty true right most most people are just a uh, a couple of weeks away from destitution if the right. the money is cut off and if you're in debt with credit cards and mortgages and got kids um th that will come first in your thinking there's very few people again who are in a position to be able to cast that off and like i say i'm I, i'm well you could argue that the if, if you'd have asked me at the time the circumstances that allowed me to be in this position to be able to speak to these issues 
would I have picked that door and not gone through another door? Because I was I was right. part of the technocratic elite. I was ready to deploy technologies that were geared towards behavioral tracking, correlating it with brain states, <clears throat> um, modifying brain states for what we would consider pathological behaviors. And now <clears throat> this is how a lot of this um, this control program is sold it's sold to you that oh well we could we can address certain pathologies um that intractable ocd that you have the gambling right. compulsion the sure. alcoholism all these all these problem behaviors become amenable to these new uh, scientific approaches the new understandings we have in biology in neuroscience in my yeah. field and look i was Neuralink, yeah, and you know, I could, that's a whole other episode to just go um, about. I just want to tell you, we got 15 minutes, so whatever you want to say in 15 minutes, let it roll. It's all you. Yeah, so um, let's let's talk about the what would constitute SARS-CoV-2 fitting the the criteria of being a biological weapon. Well, I mentioned these epitopes of concern from HIV, homologies with uh, rabies, with um, snake toxins. These are part of the program. But within, within those genomic sequences, there are other more um, worrying uh, toxic peptide sequences. And these are called, these are called um, amyloidogenic peptides and the okay. easiest way to think of this are as they are like uh the proteins that misfold with mad cow disease ah okay and the the spike protein is studded with them as is the virus itself the so virus the spike protein is scattered with this this mad cow like thing that you're yeah i, I mean yes yeah, yep. they're called am amyloidogenic peptide sequences so that goes right to the brain people start behaving very erratic and different with that disease correct um part partly depending on again it will depend on the person the inflammatory state the um the uh, a, whole, a whole host of factors just the okay. gene gene environmental interaction uh, well, mad cow is something that you haven't heard of in decades, probably. And uh, it's all of a sudden making a reoccurrence. We're hearing this word now. And um, that's because they've found a way to get it into the population at a, at a rate that has a noticeable impact. Now, I, I'm sure most people are aware of um, the excess death that they're reporting now non-covid excess death it's running right. 20 30 40 percent higher than what they're expecting and it's very likely that there's a um interaction with the gene express products that they're putting into you they don't just stay in the arm where they push them because okay. of the nature of the technologies that they're using lipid nanoparticles or adenoviral vectors they, they go all around the body uh, and they go to the brain, they go to uh, the, well, any metabolically demanding tissue, heart, but also ovaries. Um, and there's a... A whole uh, host of issues. Yeah, that are temporarily divorced from the 
virus itself and the uh, the type of diseases that emerge from what are technically called preanopathies, right? And okay. they, these cover a whole bunch of different illnesses, they include Parkinson's, Alzheimer's dementia, moldy system oh, atrophy, atrophy, Lewy body dementia, frontal lobe, temporal dementia, the, the list goes on and on and on. And underneath all these mechanisms is, as we've learned in the last 10 years in neuroscience is a similar mechanism which is called uh, which you can think of as protein misfolding and these these abnormal proteins begin to oligomerize which means stick together and make these tangles that jam up and block the functioning of tissue in which they occur now you mentioned mike adams and him talking about um nanotechnology yeah those blood clots are that there's, there's there's no mystery um technology there these are what are called amyloid clots they're fibrin fibrinogen resistant amyloid clots that are uh, that can scatter shotgun like through the body uh, making microclots everywhere and that these are linked to these amyloid mad cow like peptides that are in the virus and in the gene transfection technologies that they're pushing into people's arms now oh what do we know is the the leading causes in the um excess deaths that we're seeing right now uh, cardiac cardiovascular disorders the clotting right alzheimer's is one of the biggest or, or what they just cut class as dementia type disorders which includes all that list i've said before sure and what the, what are called neoplasms cancers and cancers mm. often have an amyloidogenic component in them wow so all all that we're seeing right now once you've once you can sort of adjust the optics correctly suddenly starts making sense when you sure. understand the fundamental biology and that fundamental biology is all geared around the overexpression of these amyloidogenic peptide sequences and the and basically the runaway cascade that they cause a lot of it but most people understand that you know you can have clotting disorders that are problematic right, right? You, you want clotting right otherwise you eh, prick your finger you're gonna bleed yeah you bleed out um am amyloid and uh, all those all the other proteins that are associated with those neurological disorders have functions normally but if they if they get shunted out so that the normal control mechanisms are unable to cope with their aggregation well well right. then you start to see all these um emerging pathologies that again temporarily are not linked to the uh the interventions that have been made and you're seeing them right now uh, and when you say it separates from the actual virus itself now upon death it would be recognized as that comorbidity or whatever mm. that virus uh gave that person or what well, we can only assume maybe well, they won't even say that they'll, they'll they'll just say oh dementia um right. cardiovascular right. disease and n now they're trying to blame it on lockdowns it's not lockdowns it's lockdowns. it it's the exposure to these like i say the, these chronic disorders that are essentially end of life disorders Right. usually but right. they've been accelerated in groups especially in, in when you have comorbidities most comorbidities are a consequence of having a sort of over inflamed chronically inflamed state right 
and this just provides the kindling for these uh. um, these prion-like disorders to to begin to emerge. And uh, uh, like I say, you Isn't can. Isn't there a disease associated with prions um, when you? It was a common in a village. I can't remember. They were eating human flesh. Yeah, Kuru. Kuru. There you go. Kuru. Yep. Yep. Yeah, the, the laughing disease, some of the villages called it. Yep. Yeah. I did a lot of study on that um, very, many years ago, but I am I think I'm going to rehash it because of all this talk about cannibalism lately. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What's going on with this world, man? Yeah. Yep. Um, you're seeing very big changes try to be implemented. And, and like I say, my concern is the holy grail for biowarfare research was, was to have a... Uh, pr uh, to weaponize prions the problem was you could you could take mag cow prions if you like you could aerosolize it in a room people in there would get sick but it didn't it didn't propagate as well but what they found was that you can put these peptide sequences in something that's highly labeled like a coronavirus like a sars virus right. and have it spread and that starts seeding through the population and then combine that with something that gets past the immune barriers via a gene transfection technology and there you have the perfect storm and there we're seeing wow there we're seeing the data begin to emerge before our eyes and i've I been mean, how evil does it get this you know i look at everything you know behind, there's a conspiracy behind every bush but this one takes the cake man oh yeah this 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 one is dark and like i say all the science is there and they will go to great lengths to shut shut me down, right? Wow. Th th they'd rather you believe that there are hydras and graphene nanobots right. circulating around. Until, yeah, instead of really focusing on the real problem with this thing and what it's really doing. Yeah. The science, the real science. Yeah. And that's that's where we find ourselves right now. And, you know, I'm, I've been fighting tooth and nail, like I say, to show in the vaccines that it's the biology that we need to be concerned about right. and you know if i was to you know you you mentioned the 10 letters uh dot org yes, um at the beginning um you know there's there's some of us that uh, that are trying to or a group of us that are trying to bring this to the courts in the u.s there's also the scientific experiments that need to be done i'm having to i'm trying to raise through um you know public you know public access science if you like for people to say we need we need to go and test properly these hypotheses in non-human primates can we recapitulate all these disorders if we can oh now now we're getting somewhere to uh determining what's what the game is that they've rolled out on people doctor do you have any a little bit of advice in the next two minutes for the audience. Uh, maybe they're concerned after what they heard tonight. And Do not take any more of the gene transfection technologies. Mitigate exposure. Understand the early therapies that can help. Okay. Um, all, all of these things. Do not get caught into this. And like I say, you, you've just become a useful idiot for the military industrial complex. If you're going around thinking that viruses don't exist. Is there anywhere uh, people can help your cause and what you and the other doctors are doing? You want to plug that? Yeah, so um, McCann Dojo is sort of the site that I have been using. And, you know, I try to stream every day and I'm trying to, you know, I'm in a position where I can go 
I'd say it's 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 a money issue. They know that they can starve me, right? right? Sure. But but if I if I have the resources available to me, I can go and test this stuff real quick, like I did with vaccines. And and right. let's find out. Maybe I'm wrong, but at least I'll be honest about it and say, okay, we didn't see anything that I was predicting. The I don't. I, I, letters org is where people can get more information. And so that's that's for the um that's for the program or, or the attempt to try to indict the people who have been responsible for this particularly in the US these are DOD programs we know we know all the people involved um there's a paper trail and mile wide um the scientific experimentation you know that's something that I'm doing personally you can see all the experiments that I do I've you can see okay. the streaming that I've done showing you in real time here's what we see in the vaccines here's what we and this is where we need to go now and the next step is we must we must have proper data from uh, well-controlled animal studies not not the fop science that they're putting out right now right, that's, right. that's tainted by science. corporate corporate malfeasance sure and well, doctor we appreciate you coming on the paradigm shift i got to cut loose to the second hour for the next guest um do you have an email or something you want to throw out there uh so you can just do info at synaptech Dot com. Go to mccandojo.com. There's multiple ways of getting in touch with me. Awesome. If you if you if you want to find out what's really going on, that's that, that's the way to make this happen. Right? Uh -huh. Like I say, I'm a fully credentialed scientist specializing in d disease modeling in non-human primates. I understand the disease mechanisms that are at play right now. We could have this done in weeks to months okay. if, if people step forward. This is a global transmission. Anybody that wants to help, please help uh, the good doctor out. One of the very few in this earth uh, making a difference, telling the truth. Thanks again, Doc. We will we'll, uh, talk to you soon, and we'll have you on maybe for two hours next time. Sure, JP. Thank you. Uh, All right. Thank you. I'll send you a copy. Have a good night. Yeah, you too. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Uh, all right. So I think that's uh, me done. Um, I will read the a chat i don't know how many is watching right now uh 28 on twitch let's just see this so we have mccann dojo yeah we've got a few watching rumble the rumble working 23 yeah i've got hundreds of people watching across platforms and um again um you know we're in this we're, we're in this situation folks where you know there's there's diminishing returns on doing more microscopic work on batches that we know are tainted anyway we've got that data we're at the point we either we either do it in the monkey and get and get the data to hand demonstrate that these pathological mechanisms are reproducible they're not just a fluke a, a, a minuscule uh, percentage of shots that are being put out there that there are long-term consequences and the uh, the you know I, look man there's a, there's a thousand people that watch me every day and you know you, you guys keep me in the game you guys made it possible to be able to go and do the experiments that was needed, you know, to dispel the nonsense machine, the psychological operation that's been wheeled out against you. And now we're, uh, you know, I'm praying that, you know, we've had a sort of tentative offer to uh, support 
that research. I mean, nothing, nothing concrete yet. I'm, I'm still working. To hopefully, have it finished today. But you know, <laughs> I've got Word open. Um, you know, there's the, there's a document coming to life. Okay, and um, it just needs the figures putting in references, and um, and then the material financial support to go and do it say uh, um i've put my head above the parapet now may as well go full in right and i say i'll be honest i if it if it doesn't work like i predict okay then great we may not be in such dire circumstances as uh we we potentially might be um uh, Jig says, watched in WTYL worked great on iOS. Yes, um, you know, we're working hard at trying to get uh, We Talk, You Listen uh, spiffed up. And, um, you know, we're, we're having to make sort of strategic changes just for scalability. So those will be coming in the coming days. Um, hopefully we'll get all the past streams uh, reinstalled and you know support currently support right now we're just we're just having to um make sure that i'm fed and the computers are staying on and and simon's computers are staying on and chris right now chris france he's the one who enabled us to speak to uh paradigm shift and jp just now and you know we meet we need more sort of coordinated efforts like that and and, and it's small amounts of money uh in the scheme of things to keep this uh machine rolling on and uh, maybe small but uh we we can well make sure that we're a stone in their shoe a uh burr in the side a hairball in their throat as we as we stay on message we stay on message and uh, not that's the wrong way of putting it we stay with the data that we have and we interpret the data correctly and this is a uh, we need help we need help right now and so again the homepage mccandojo.com okay become a patreon right at, at least that way i know i i can calculate how much i can i can push towards maintaining server infrastructure because i do think that's going to be important this war isn't over by a long shot and we've seen how censorious they can get and we have to, we have to make sure that we've got a a base if you like a base of operations carved out on the internet that's bloody difficult for them to take out and we're getting there we're doing we're working towards it we're we're at a um you know we're, we're close to reaching major milestones right now and you know i like I say you have my word that i will keep working at this I'm not doing it to make money not i'm not <laughs> not spending it on blow and hookers right it goes into the camera that you're watching me through the microphone the computers the the all, all these things all these things are stuff that we need to fight this war um same same for simon and um chris and you know and everyone everyone who there are many who devote their time for nothing 
to make sure that um, all all the links are somewhat current. Um, you know, everyone who works on the Discord moderating. Um, and again, you can go to McCann Dojo. You can join the Discord chat through there um, and get registered to be notified by email. But um, right now, if you want, if you want to do science, science costs money, and um, you have you have my work. Like I say, like I've done with all all the other experiments that we've done, you've seen where that money goes, and you've seen how useful it can be. And now, now we really have to step up the game, and hopefully, we can get to we can get to a position where we're um, we have our own data, our own data to hand, which 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 we do, which we do. So you know, bar, whilst um, a few hookers is okay. <laughs> I'm married, dude. Got kids. Um, <laughs> the last thing I want, I need is some recalcitrant bin who's uh, just gold digging. <laughs> well, to dust and that. Yeah. <laughs> thankfully, thankfully, uh, you grow out of uh, you grow out of. Um, the, how would you say the the, the appetites of the young? <laughs> take over so many people uh, and yeah look like danger mouse in the chat there works in little he's he's constantly chipping in right 10 20 bucks right and like i say that that counts right those little pieces are what enables me to come here every day or virtually every day let's say the reason i haven't streamed in the last couple of days is that i want to get this document out explaining the data that we do have and uh i'm waiting to grow up uh monkey streams would be the best yeah look you know to sort of temper expectations live streaming from within the monkey lab is probably stretching it. it's not microscopes but i'll be recording it and i will upload those rec uh, recordings to make sure it's as transparent as possible and you know we can we could we could do a lot you know for the for the operational costs that we can do stuff we can have major major impact and i say if you're new here listening to me a lot of the time what i'm doing is sort of culture war slash comedy slash science and uh, yeah maybe a bit edgy but i don't know <laughs> it's, it's cheap easy humor so uh when will i be on with frank um isn't jp frank i'm not sure uh who that who that was uh quite kindly but um the yeah like, like i say we're, we're at this point go go watch the stream i did with jc uh in the week and and you can listen to two scientists work through the logistics of of doing these experiments what we would expect and um you know <laughs> it's, it's it essentially means i'm i'm working for nothing but i'm working to get th this isn't about money it's about getting the data i need to be able to get that data <laughs> god damn it if it's um you know may maybe might be might be a fact that um labs don't want to touch it 
Well, in that case, we we build something out, and I I can get a monkey. It's not hard to get a monkey in Japan. <laughs> I can get I can get the the cold chained vaccines right now. We can <laughs> we can test it out. That would then I'll stream that live. That I'm not concerned about. But um, I wish I could chip in. But my mum said, "Yeah, I'm sorry about your mum." Jigs and like I say, how much how much of that is down to what they've done to her? The foot the mind job they've done on on her. Uh Frank is a different friend. Uh okay. Um and yeah, and I get it. It's tough for everyone, right? Because these the the entities that we're fighting operate at a global scale they can turn the screws so your cost of living jumps up 30 40 percent now you know <laughs> being someone that lives on the breadline you have to you have to forego the the pre-processed foods right you you cook more from base ingredients and you know we we live off cheap Japanese rice and frozen chicken, right? Um, but still here, kids are growing. Um, you don't have to freak out so much about food. Um, your body, body is much tougher than you think it is. Prices have jumped up a hundred percent where I am. Yeah, um, I don't, I don't doubt that there's uh, people are under enormous, enormous pressures right now, and it, you know, there are some. There are some who are in a position to be able to help. I know this. I know they're listening to me. Um, it's how much they really want to get data that's of use to them. Or or are you just going to be rolling around and scrabbling over interpretations of data sets that right now I think there's going to be a major incentive by the by the organizations that make and collate this data to start fudging it. We're, we're seeing it already. They can't have 14, 15 weeks of thousands of deaths above the, the expected norm. Because people are going to start asking serious questions. And we need we need to be in the position where we say we've got this data. We have it. It's in our hands there there's all the videotape bang videotape <laughs> that's my age um there's all the video data backing it up have more time the money happy to help in any way get the links out yeah and like i say even that accounts for a lot keep getting links out like i say if people are good with back-end web page design or um back-end server design um, you know, we can we can use you. We can use you right now to um, to continue to resist right now, to make sure that we're not being fed a stream of sketchy science that um, is always favoring the the corporate domain. We need science that is liberating to uh, to humanity. And look, I, maybe I'm biased, but I think I think to do it properly, primates is the way. 
it's the closest or, or the most the the most appropriate model with the most um validity criteria that easily map to what we'll see in human and i think i think from what i understand about the pathology now and the tech technologies that are being deployed that i can get find a way to show that these these are um bad for your long-term health he says celebrating 76th birthday today with 202 interviews completed yes we built it and they keep coming and coming wife discovers husband was not dead when declared medical records he was still alive 40 minutes later with sat ratio of 70. um wow Primates will give all the data once and for all. Yep. Uh, Saint Nick says, help out poor little cockney urchin. Simon D. Obliged, indeed. Um, and like I say, Chris is doing uh, a whole bunch in the background as well. Um, building out websites. Because look, you know, I know that I'm coming at this from this insurgency type angle. But, you know, if, we, if we're going to put the science hat on and be doing science, um, web pages with uh goofy raccoons on <laughs> as much as i love them uh it's probably not the front end that you want to be uh presenting to uh people and so you know work needs and work is going in on on that end and um the you know it's <laughs> look at, at at the end of the day do you want to be able to say that you did something or were you just railroaded and just sat there passive, stare, staring at your screen? There's options there on that screen right now to push, keep pushing forward. How long might it take for Alzheimer's to hit after the jabs? Well, we're seeing, we're seeing that emerge in the data already. Seems to be weeks to months. That's what that's what a lot of the excess death is, dementia. And it'll get marked down in the medical records as dementia. No, no link to the gene transfection that's occurred. No link to the exposure to lab leaked pathogens. Uh, Danger says he sent money to Kevin. You, you, you're a hero, dude. You have no idea. And I know how hard it is to get 20 bucks out of Lidl. <laughs> I used to work for Sainsbury's. Um, but let me let me just see if there's people I can call out right now. Uh, nothing new on the radar, but uh, maybe in buy me a coffee. Let me see. Um, See if that updates. Nothing new there. All right, we old with you. <laughs> uh, they're lying everywhere in medical records. Oh yeah, Marie, I have I have no doubt about this. Um, it's uh, I don't I don't have anything else presented. Nick, are you free? Can you come on with? Uh, can you come on stream? Let's uh, let's have a chat. Can you come on? Let me just see if I can set that up. See if I can call. Uh, Nick, let's get a. Let's see if I can get Nick. Mm. 
for this. Charcoal and Nick. See if any, see if we can uh, spin this up. Some entertainment. What, what's Nick got to tell us? Something new. Can tell us about monkeypox. <laughs> <laughs> Give an accounting. <laughs> I've already seen it tie it to baby boomer deaths. Yeah, but um, if there's a if there's a way for uh, them to um, sweep under the rug these these deaths then the um i don't know if, it, I don't know if it's ringing on nick's side or not but <laughs> just, just me imposing myself on nick there you go <laughs> don't we do nick on stream uh viper says i can assist with web stuff if needed um viper well please um hey, hey nick how you doing dude Can you hear me? We heard you briefly for a second there. How many folks are on the phone here? Just you. I, I hear a delay. I hear you talking again as well. <laughs> uh, you may be because you've got a tab open with me playing. Uh, stand by. Please stand by. Yeah. There we go. Okay. Is that better? It is. Sorry. Um, let me just put in the chat. Contact me, whoever uh, Viper won. Contact me about programming, please. All right, that's that done. Um, uh, all right, dude. We'll we'll, we'll jump straight into it. Monkey box. What's your take? Uh, well, I I have only seen two areas in in the literature that sort of indicate to me where this could be emerging. One is um, more of a more of a likely vector, and that's different vaccine trials that have happened over the last twenty years, where they use a variety of different pox viruses as the vector, mm. and that could explain just like. Uh, all of these latent Epstein-Barr virus, et cetera, et cetera, you know, HERV, all these things that are being uh, activated by the jab. Um, it could easily be in that same suite of latent infections that are there in the body. They're, they're, they're low to no uh, presentation, and they may well have been sexually communicable for some time. They may have been um, just uh, subtle infections with not some initial viremia that's really pronounced. Mm. The other vector that I don't like at all, but it has to remain as a possibility, is that aerosolized uh, route where we see that they were practicing uh, and and specifically administering what they termed as fatal doses or fatal levels of aerosolized monkeypox mm. to different primate species and then observing the pathology process. Yeah. Uh, just... now, that would explain like in a bar, at, a, at an event, wherever there could be a group of, of gay folks gathered together and they the cloud you know spray a cloud of that stuff it could be administered in a very simple little device or through a car i mean there's there's it goes back into the into the mid 50s different times they've gassed and and fogged different communities including from airplanes 
um, and then checking the efficacy of that application. They would use a low-grade pathogen, and then they would see how many cases of it cropped up um, in the local uh, information. So those are, those are my two thoughts on monkeypox. So what have you seen on either of those? Um, well, I'm just pulling up the paper right now, which um, talks about the aerosolizing of monkeypox and uh, its lethality in monkeys. Now, you know, I've, I went through this the other day, but, you know, the, the, the concerning thing about that particular study is that um, death, well, it seemed to be lethal at any dose at high numbers. And so if, if that's the case, and I'm, I tend to think that what you see in the monkeys, generally what you'll get in the um, the human cohort. Um, I'm going to make a presumption that we're not seeing the aerosolized um, disease yet. Um, the because the onset would be really acute, and uh, uh, there would be yeah. a cluster of people who would who would easily be able to identify. Yeah, we all, were all at that dance, or we were all at that party, or whatever. Uh, and and there would be um, hopefully you know people putting two and two together and identifying um, a causal event. Mm. So okay, yeah, yeah. That, and that's it. It seems more sinister. It's more James Bond. It's more. It's 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 less likely, but it is a capability. Mm. Yeah. Um. Right now, you know, I I think probably the biggest or, or the most persuasive body of evidence is that there's a response to SARS, whether via the vaccine itself or the, uh, sorry, the virus itself or the vaccines that has an impact on um, innate immunity, on T cells. And I, I put a link in the Discord yesterday, uh, Nature Paper, where they're finding that um, they're getting reactivation of HIV-like components following uh, exposure to mRNA vaccines. Just see if I can find that. I actually sent it to Jonathan. Just... Can you elaborate what you mean by components? Yeah, so it's a, it's a particular, um, I can't remember, NEF protein. Let me mm -hmm. just see. Uh, because that's you're describing the recombinant pox HIV uh, uh, products that have been tested. So let me just let me just read the abstract to you. So um, the title is SARS-CoV-2 mRNA vaccination exposes latent HIV to NEF-specific CD8 T cells. Now um, you could read that article and think, oh, maybe that's a good thing. Um, I'm. But you, as you go down into the data, so we read the abstract, which is efforts to cure HIV are focused on reactivating latent proviruses to enable elimination by CD8 cytotoxic T cells. Clinical studies of latency reversing agents in antiretroviral therapy treated individuals have shown increase in HIV transcription, but without reductions in virologic measures or evidence that HIV-specific CD8 plus T cells were productively engaged. 
Here we show that the SARS-CoV-2 mRNA vaccine, so this is Pfizer, BNT162B2, activates RIG-I toll-like receptor tumor necrosis factor NF-kappa-beta axis, resulting in transcription of HIV proviruses with minimal perturbations of T-cell activation and host transcription. T-cells specific for the early gene product HIV-NEF uniquely increased in frequencies and acquired effector function, granzyme B, in ART, so uh, what was that, antiretroviral therapy treated individuals following SARS-CoV-2 mRNA vaccination. So let me, I'm halfway through that abstract there, but let me, let me just disambiguate that for people who are listening. What they're saying is, is that, um, you know, this is the problem with uh, the retroviral treatments is there's always reservoirs somewhere that they can't seem to if you stop the antiretrovirals HIV will come back and so they um, they've been looking at ways to dig out the last of that um, deep reservoir yeah yeah for one of an expression and it's very likely well, it's very likely uh, long-lived immune cells, or it's in a immunoprivileged region like the brain. And so, um, what that what they're saying here is that SARS is enabling CD8 cells to attack or become active. It seems through biomarker that they can measure and be geared towards these reservoir tissues. So it goes on to say, these parameters of CD8 T-cell induction correlated with significant decreases in cell-associated HIV mRNA, suggesting killing or suppression of cells transcribing HIV. Thus, we report the observation of an intervention-induced reduction in a measure of HIV persistence accompanied by precise immune correlates. Excuse me. In uh, antiretroviral suppressed individuals. But here's the caveat that comes with that. However, we did not observe significant depletions of intact proviruses, underscoring challenges to achieving or measuring HIV reservoir reductions. Overall, our results support prioritizing the measures of granzyme B producing NEF specific responses in latency reversal studies and add impetus to developing HIV targeted mRNA therapeutic vaccines that leverage built in. Uh, Again, the latent retroviral activity. So they didn't. Uh, they didn't observe an overall reduction in the counts in the viral counts. It, it would appear so, but okay. um, suddenly we've got another puzzle piece here that just uh, oh, isn't it convenient? Isn't it convenient that uh, after seeing uh, all these fingerprints of HIV and SIV in SARS-CoV-2? We're suddenly finding uh, a signature for an approach to tackling HIV. Now, what runs through my mind, Nick, is, is there someone, is there Anthony Fauci sitting there where HIV has been his baby, for want of a better expression, where they thought that it was worth, in, in order to stop the greater threat from HIV, it was worth mass vaccinating individuals, um, doing it under the pretext of another disorder and via 
subtle mechanisms inducing a response that they thought might be geared towards squashing HIV somehow. Maybe it was just a beta test at this point. Does it does it seem a viable option? Um, I'm, I'm not quite sure why the behavior would change from the original, what appears to be the original assault on the community. Uh, why they why they would say okay we're gonna we're gonna you know finally we're gonna kill the demon and have a viable treatment that truly clears out the deep reservoirs it can can it can essentially eliminate it fully um, I I just I I don't know unless it's a really massive uh, financial opportunity and they're and they're ready they're just like all right we'll go ahead and and shut this one down we've got a whole bunch of other items here on the shelf mm. that we're gonna be able to run through this same model. Mm. Um, that you know that might be the case. Um, it, it's it's you as you can tell. My PTSD is strong, and uh, in the era of monkeypox and seeing uh, people again going through being ostracized and ridiculed, and it punctuates the gay straight argument, the debate, the social war uh, issues as well. It, it's I can't I can't deny that that's got to be sort of an, an irresistible material to to go on about i've seen you know comments in the bunker that are really tough um because i feel like geez you know i i i not that you guys are are out to save the world but you're trying to codify some evidence about history and science and what's just occurred in in global public health that could be pivotal to history and may help us get out of the situation that we're in in some way and I felt like I've joined forces and tried to be very supportive and avoided the social the social gap between us because at the root of it, it's about us being human beings and looking out for one another. And it's been hard to see that shift in people's language and sense of humor about making fun of the gays again. And it's it's horrific. It's disfiguring. Um, very they, 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 it is. Like, it is funny. <laughs> the, the jokes are there. The jokes are there, so they get them. If it was in your family, if it was in your home, you'd be vicious. You'd be like, they're not coming after my kids with a jab. I remember how violent and, and passionate you got about that. Mm. And you're right. This is not, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do false equivalents and say this is the same situation, but it's been tough mm. to see, to see, you know, people who uh, seem to be crying out for justice and certain principles, jumping on a bandwagon and making fun of men who are getting sick with this thing. And thankfully they're not just keeling over, but we'll see, like you said, about the synergistic activity between um, the jab or getting exposed and then this new monkeypox variety. Mm. So, well, yeah. let's, so I, I just said a mouthful and let me just shut up and give you a chance to, to respond about well, it. Well, you know, for me, it's, uh, I take the piss out of everything. So let's do it. If it's there, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, if I can get a laugh out of it, I'll do it. I've got, I've got to come up with some content, dude. Um, but the, I, I think what would be, really really um important right now is that there's there would there would be a need for uh probity in the community when you when you're when literally you're finding on like accounts that don't have a problem being on twitter with tens of thousands of followers 
talking about a lifestyle that you know where they're making double digit contacts with uh sexual partners per um session um you're gonna come up against public resistance it would be the same if if a dude was talking about doing that with with women or women doing it with men right I, 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 each one of those would be targets for me uh to be sort of making some commentary about right that, that you've got to be able to point at objective measures and say you know by by any metric this this is going to be problematic right and and it is what with what I've learned about microbiology since I was a kid till today. It's definitely, you know, it, it's something that you don't and won't think about when you're younger. You're wrapped up in uh, self-esteem issues and chasing after all of that dopamine and all of that, you know, all of that sensual reward that you get from sexual union mm. and it's an easily addicted you could argue that there's sexual addiction in the community um and i am not here to try to you know try to argue on behalf of that level of of sexual behavior you know it's it, that's not it and i'm not here to extract a pound of flesh i i hope you understand that yeah. you know, i wouldn't i wouldn't talk with you if i was if i was you know clutching my pearls about it that bad but uh, it, you know it's just that the, the important thing is is that the discussion has to be had right and you know so what you're seeing is you know there's the, there's been the double standard of what they forced on people over the last two and a half years um you must social distance the uh, and like i say the mandate mandated science and public diktats that were pushed out that had real world implications for people people lost jobs people people did end up you know just slipping off that bottom rung of the ladder ending up in fentanyl land because of the because of the decisions that were being made yet at the at now at this same time we're we're suddenly got a that the public health message from these institutions is oh we can't be critical of of that um that type of behavior now i would i would be critical of someone if they had a positive sars um diagnosis that they just went round um spitting on the buffet <laughs> or you know just being irresponsible in in an environment where we i think we're dealing with psychopaths who have at their fingertips a whole library of agents that they can deploy and it, it makes me think of uh of uh, Dumbledore at Hogwarts in his study when he had that case of all of the different vials of memories, you know, that lit that underlit case and he would put it in the pantene and look into the past. Uh, but these are all of these little germs that they've been collecting for 60, 70 years and doing special things with certain ones. Mm. And yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a real risk. And, you know, so what, what are we doing here? Are we are we, are we trying to address the fundamental problem which is which are these programs and if if you're engaged in behavior which is helping them 
then I I, I feel it's, inc- it's incumbent upon me to call it out. Like like I would call out no virus people. I would call out people who are engaged in uh, a behavior that's putting well the whole the whole of that community at risk. Because I don't think that every every uh, homosexual is like what was he called piss pig and ky corn fed fucker um putting everything over um twitter and bragging about their uh their their lifestyle like that i don't you know i think those are probably more exceptions to the rule than the, the, the than what's portrayed but, well, you know. and it's, it, it, it's it, it's probably it's probably also true that um, there's a much more complex interplay in between gay and straight male sexuality than the world understands or wants to accept. And that's another aspect of this that is could be ruinous, you know, to men who are married with with families. And they get some on the side, but there's some on the side isn't another woman. It's a guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this this is going to be a quite an, an undeniable and inescapable fingerprint um, if you find yourself in that situation of getting infected and having it affect your life. Yeah. And um, you know, I I I think that again, there's a there's a fingerprint of psychopathy around the. institutes that are potentially responsible for this that they that they want that type of social chaos right and you know what what do you think they teach at the war college what what what, kind of classes do you think that they they discuss we have a war college in the u.s yeah um it's not it's not about looking at you know artifacts in World War II and being sucked into that era. It's about the here and now. It's about things that have been evolving. I've seen you know conversations recently about psychological operations and that side of the COVID story, mm. which I think is important for people to start really dipping their toe in and getting it and saying, yeah, this is another little layer of our world and our country that we don't want, we don't like, we don't approve of, we didn't know was occurring for the most part for one reason or another and and don't really know how to address how do we excise this from mm. um, our, our world and that's that's part of it mm. and you know there's a, there's a part of me that says you know we we have to excise it somewhat it, it's the same look it applies to um the hookup culture that the internet technologies have allowed right and that cuts across all um cohorts and you know there are and this comes down to you know normal reproductive physiology and psychology that women will engage in hypergamy um you know for want of a better description alpha types will take more than more than their fair share leaving leaving a more desperate um subset of the population where a more um more traditional view would have would have seen one woman one man getting married hopefully sticking together raising a couple of kids 
And that I, I think that's been under assault as well. And I, I'm, I don't know, I was, uh, had I been young and in a, at a time when you could get these swipe right, swipe left, um, products yeah I, I don't know what to call them but uh the I, I'd, have, I'd have probably been deep into them as well and in, again engaged in ever more um extreme forms of probably of body dysmorphia as you're trying to uh attract more and more mates because you're you know there are those you know just evolutionary principles at, at play here and you know you've you've taken what would have been traditionally you know a small community uh, environment and like I say even if you're in a big city you would you, you would still have been constrained somewhat by social circles that you moved in where you went out to socialize etc and but now suddenly we've taken that and we've smashed it and we've well, like I say, I think the the social fallout from that is going to be, and it is terrible that we're that we're seeing. You know, what was already terrible divorce rates are continuing to climb. There's the um, the the idea that you could be um, do what thou wilt. That this type of thinking, which has been ample, anything goes. Yeah. And you know the last the last time we were talking, you know, I, I told you it wasn't it wasn't homos in San Francisco which really just put me off that place. It was just it was just the all round degeneracy that you saw around Folsom, right? That that's the best reference that I could give you as as a culture in decline. And you know we're we're seeing it bleed through more and more into you know you have like libs of tiktok um there weren't those so so much out in the open well you know there's supposed to be respected positions you know the teachers and the the doctors etc those those that we sort of looked up to in the community that we handed our children over to with some degree of uh, maybe that's naive but you know there was a sort of assumption that the kids would go to school and they would learn maths and grammar and um do do some sports <laughs> keep keep them active and they, they would be socialized but now they're being targeted by a um, ideology that seems in inherently subversive and you know you've got I can't, it's it's tough for me to countenance them trying to treat critical gender theory to small children. Like it's, but it's, we've allowed that to emerge in the, in the current environment. Now, um, if it's, if it's a case that um, actual biological reality kicks in, Right, that there's a there's an evolutionary, evolutionarily high price to pay for um, the hookup app type culture or the critical gender race type thinking. 
that it it cripples you in such a way that um you you society becomes non-functional the the schisms become deeper the com the commonalities that we have be become stretched further apart because it's that people are um you know when you when you're dyeing your hair rainbow colors and you're making videos and this is you know i see it a lot a lot of people put it in the discord of the teachers who are talking about how they're explaining to kids about pronouns i don't i didn't know what a pronoun was <laughs> you know have uh, we had we had these things in the u.s uh on saturday morning and they taught you grammar and electricity it was called schoolhouse rock it was a series of these little mm. jingles you know and uh but that yeah that's what we learned about uh, our pronouns there mm. but yeah this i i i'm not i'm not plussed by this hyper attention to let's all um bring our identities out and and you know i've accepted the term of uh of uh what's that phrase um uh virtue signaling mm. you know i get it i get it and um and and needing everybody to signal back the same way to you that to me is just a, a very a much simpler concept of collectivism versus individuality mm. and i'm very comfortable being an individual i care about the collective i don't want the collective to be taking these jabs but i can't stop the collective from what it wants to do mm. um but i'm 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 getting uh you know very clearly the sense of where and what is really needling the straight community about the sorts of messaging and policy and perme you know permeability into curriculum and school space um, that seems to be happening. And um, I'm a little overwhelmed that it's happening myself. Um, mm -hmm. I, I didn't or, or wouldn't have wanted to be in a class anytime in my education and had to identify my sexuality i just mm. wanted to play along at the time and when i was ready i was ready and i'm like okay i'm gonna be me it was after it was after you know high school and um i i i said okay this is who i am and people that don't want to hang out are gonna have to deal with it and i lost some people um but that's how i dealt with coming out and i never had to make it some sort of compulsory or uh exploratory experience in classroom or mm. you know i that would have been to me that would have felt disastrous but a lot of kids are coming out earlier the whole gender dysphoria moving back and forth between genders gender fluidity thing i i won't really opine about it i it's so far from my experience and i just don't have you know trans friends i've met some trans people and they were just fine in that moment they were just fantastic people they were just lovely but I don't I don't I don't have their life experience as part of my personal cadre. You know where I'm wrapped around the axle is about finding justice about HIV and hopefully something from that can help the world in this current situation. Mm -hmm. But beyond that, I, I get a lot of the anxiety and the hostility and the frustration that parents are expressing about this. You know, and I, I appreciate being able to say that, you know, there, it's not there isn't a big club that everybody that's LGBTQ, whatever, uh, is all running off of a scorecard or singing off the same sheet of music. It's all these little different lives and ways of looking at the world, just like, you know, you breeders. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we have to, you know, there's there are. How do you say that there are. 
mean distributions of traits right that we that we know that have been imbued upon us by generation after generation and that we know that once you start pushing those boundaries there tends to be a um an unpredictable knock-on effect right these are these are complex systems human beings you know one human being is complex enough and you try to you try to develop these ideologies and this is look from a sort of personal take the um and you you, you use the, the the collectivist word um i see i see a form of collectivism emergent around this critical theorizing and and it's weaponized it's weaponized to the point and um jordan peterson did a say i i know people shit on him from way up by but i i i'm glad that he's articulating a lot of these issues right now because you know he's gonna he's gonna do it in a far more eloquent way than i am because i'm going to just revert to type and the for the environment in which which forged me right and um he's he's i think he's right in pointing out how destructive it is to be indulging the um the demands of well, the activist the activist mindset the critical theory activist mindset because it it doesn't stop at any um at any one demand there's always going to be something more I, I, there's, there's always pressure on the narrative of what is truth what is information what is history what is correct what is our moral framework at this time how has it changed now after the war how has it changed now after vietnam how has it changed now that women got the pill and they can talk and have careers there's there's a constant restructuring of the framework um you know just just to make an observation but but please continue well, I mean, uh, Good Doggy just summed it up um, in the chat what brilliantly. So he said, projecting degeneracy, <laughs> projecting degeneracy onto kids is not okay. And DGENs need to speak up or they are all guilty. Okay, and... so let me speak to that if I could. If, okay. If... okay, so um, again, this is going to be a single data point. So this does not speak to everything that's going on with kids and curriculum and all of that. I'm not trying, again, I'm not trying to be an apologist about that debate, which I think is a good and healthy debate. But uh, first of all, I never had, and I know looking back that I had at least a couple of gay teachers. I, I know that. But I never, ever, ever had anybody try to assert a social or moral structure about sexuality or my place in society. It was always on the academics, how to work in groups, how to get the the task done, organizing your time, the very practical sort of tactical um, tactical quantities of education. Um, I would have benefited by by you know one or two adults speaking up and sticking up for uh, say a very blatantly gay kid. There are some kids that can't hide it at all. They have no chance, and they get preyed upon. I, that would have been meaningful to see, and it didn't happen. So I got a little bit of a taste of what the world was going to be like. 
but I, I think that the fact that there's a, a, a push toward, um, and again, I, I don't have kids in school. I am not seeing in my hand, you know, the kinds of materials. I see bits and pieces of what parents are pissed off about all out on social media. But if, if I were in that parental situation, um, I would be right in there being involved and wanting to be able to f influence and question and quality check the kinds of things that are being taught in the classroom. So, you know, yeah, but the, 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 the situation right now is that they're unable to do that. The, the, the capture of these institutions is so pervasive right now that they, um, that, that yeah I, w I would just argue that it's it's been weaponized and I, I can actually bring up a very uh germane example right now um aren't kids pretty i and this is a, this is a question truly i don't know but aren't kids uh free to do on a subject basis philosophical and religious exemption can't they step out of a particular session if something is against their you know they can just state it's against my faith it's against my religion i i, I need to miss this lesson um i i would put i would hope so um the question becomes what happens when there are real world consequences for them bucking uh, what's considered the the trend the yeah and so this is this is um a slide on the screen i don't know if you can see it I should just share this um i'm still seeing that nature uh the nature all right so it'll probably just take a little while but um oh, i'm what i'm tracking you live so okay we'll come through in a second so um this is i'll, I'll keep them uh nameless for the moment but this is the type of core lecture uh, content that's occurring right now, and this isn't um, primary schools, but we know it's we know it's permeating into uh, those levels. This is this is where they're teaching the next foot soldiers. This isn't a, this is is this from a college course? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so like human sexuality or psychology or something. So yeah, it's part of a psychology course. Uh, right. And um, the f <laughs> line one says, uh, so this is competencies free of this course, affirmative therapy core uh, elements, understanding and combating heterosexism. Now, um, you've in that one line, right? you've taken up or, or they've taken up a highly competitive position in, in any um, any philosophical debate that you would social sociological debate that we would, we would be trying to have around this issue and um, when um, I, I would argue again that the you have to you have to base your curriculum on objective reality and heterosexism as it's defined here is the norm and and to be instilling into and again this is this is a a it's problematic because of the psychological development that young kids are at 
as they sort of spill out of the high schools into the university systems. And it's what Piaget called the messianic phase. And that messianic phase is there regardless. It's what you point it at that is where the fireworks happen. And in in this particular instance, you've um, you've you're taking these kids who, under normal circumstances, biology would essentially dictate their um, trajectory. Right? Yeah, their individual magnetics would sort themselves out. Yeah. Whereas now you're taking a class situation where you know, for good or bad, kids tend to look up to the lecturer or the teacher at, at, at this point. And there's a, there can be a lack of critical thinking when the, they believe that this is the cutting edge, the bleeding edge with respect to how we understand how culture and society works and um in in this instance i would i would make the argument that these are um this looks like enemy action against um a younger generation because look I, I, again you're an n of one you were in a situation where you know what all the, all the experience you sort of fell through the the system as it were like those pennies dropping down the, the those slot machines that you get right and they'll drop out the bottom and maybe you strike it lucky and you get a whole whole bunch more pennies or quarters pushed off back for you but you you've found your own way through it and I, I get what you're saying that perhaps it would have been nice to um have uh or know that there was someone out there who could speak to your own personal experience but you know I'll, I'll make the presumption this was before internet um oh, yeah. and but despite there being no internet you did manage to find yourself in a space where okay you didn't need teachers and course curricula and ideological programming to find out who you were as a human being and so no and and there was pretty much just one one framework and that was gay equals bad you know ridicule put down run down and then i came to find out be the target of biowarfare mm. so you know so i but i still i still keep hope i don't hate all straight people because that happened or because some straight people um have just have it in for the fags they're just they just they get wrapped around the axle about it um i think that we all owe it to one another to continue to try and find an equilibrium and i will accept that what's occurred in curriculum and in influencing kids is fairly and justly you know perceived as overreach and too much and you know a bridge too far um for for many many folks um and now this i wouldn't take out of context 
you haven't given me the context of what this really is. I'm reading in the title of this slide, Affirmative Therapy Core Elements. So this is describing a course for somebody who is what, is struggling with their sexuality or is being sent to um, to sensitivity training because they've got an overt homophobic issue in the workplace. Do you, do you know more about where this? Well, I, I think I think it would be multidimensional at this stage. I mean, if you're talking about psychology lessons, yeah. um, that the pathways that that lead to can include all of the above. Yeah. Um, and you know, my and again, maybe maybe I'm misconstruing what's happening in american campuses but it's it does seem to be quite a unique well no britain as well has similar similar issues but there's where's the balanced dialogue taking place such that that someone there is able to challenge that data right is that is that student going to be marked down is that student because of the the effectiveness of this of these programs Tav tavistock i think tavistock is a good catch-all for it because i don't know if you're familiar with tavistock hospitals in the uk and uh, the, the 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 tavistock institute is uh, a gramscian like um ideology and um they're they're often at the forefront of well the implementation of critical critical theory as a, as a catch-all descriptor and um their their modus operandi is to seize institutes and in the uk this was this was called common purpose um they get that much like world, world economic forum right you you strategize to take over um institutes once you get hold of the institute you implement your curricula your ideology and it's highly divergent from the norms that have been generally accepted and you know i'm uh, and you know like i say i'm yeah as, as sympathetic as can be to the idea that a community has been targeted for um pyre warfare trialing okay but I, what i see right now is the same thing being tried on on mass right it's like they've oh, they, yeah. they, they've tuned it in what in a smaller um community um taken the lessons learned and are now and now trying their hardest to undermine the bedrock upon which all our institutions were supposedly resting right where we had some some hope and faith that they would be acting in our best interests and you know this cuts across many domains you know, I, I enjoyed speaking with Jonathan this week just to just to have to do, to be speaking about the academic environments, about how I think they've gone wrong um, through central planning, as it were, how they've distorted what it meant to be um, in an academic environment. And 
um, as, and you know, part of that discussion was about well, we've got to excise out the drive towards um, private funding, private funding that comes with obvious, always comes with strings attached, um, because you you've got to do the institute's bidding, whether that be Bill and Melinda Gates. Uh, you know, I, I had a clip the other day I found, so I think I found it on Twitter, but um, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation used to be called the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation for Population Control. <laughs> let, me, let me see if, I've, if I can find that quickly. Um, wasn't, that was an actual original yeah. name? Yes. Uh, on uh, the nose. Uh, let me let me see if I can find it. Uh, yeah, here it is. Uh, I will let me just share my screen with you. I'll bring this. I'll bring this up. And um, I I would put forward this premise that some 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 organisation that has a eugenics component. That's, uh, that's that's driven by a Malthusian outlook on life are, are, are going to be supportive of that type of curricula which we were just looking at. Let me just share my screen with you. Now, I can't remember for you to hear sound. It has to be the app that's going. So let me just, it's 14 seconds long. So doubt, you tell me if you can hear this now. In 1998, Dr. Zabin became the founding director. You hear that? Oh, there must be a video lag because I haven't seen you click play yet. Uh, no, I don't hear anything right now. So on Discord, hear you. open up so you'll see that I'm sharing my screen. Oh, 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 sorry. There we go. Try again. In 1998, Dr. Zabin became the founder. That work? Have we lost you? No, I'm with you, but um, I didn't hear. I'm not. I'm not hearing anything coming across. All right, let's uh, let's try this now. Let me just try a different setting. In 1998, Dr. Zabin became the founder. That work? Uh, try it one more time. Click it again. Director of the Bill and Melinda Gates Institute for Population no. Control, with a mission. You're not getting the sound through. No, that's. No, I'm hearing. Oh, I'm wait, hearing wait, you wait, crystal clear, but wait. nothing from your system. Let me try. No, it's not that one. We should be able to hear desktop audio now. It's on loopback. Try again. And you're not hearing audio through Discord either. Oh, standby. Maybe no. Let's see. I'm watching the stream. I don't seem to have a. Oh, try again. In 1998, Dr. Zabin became the founding director of the Bill and Melinda Gates Institute for Population Control, with a mission to help de developing countries create their own reproductive health policies and programs. In 1998, Dr. Zabin became the founding director of the Bill and Melinda Gates Institute for Population Control. With a... I mean, I don't know how much more in your face 
you need to get. I mean, it, this is something that we've we've spoken about at length. The Club of Rome, um, their ideas of limits to growth. Um, I don't. I don't think we're wading into um, conspiracy theory. When it's in policy, it's been written about for decades. Mm. It's been, you know, they had tactical plans about different, different, essentially approaches or vectors to uh, reduce population. So, of course, they are deep on reproductive health and reprotoxicity. Uh, and then also in the food supply, you've got to introduce toxins that are going to start breaking down the immune system, disrupt vitamin absorption, uh, downregulate D hey, absorption. Is that a dig at those proton pump inhibitors? How dare you, sir? I know, I know where that conversation is going. Glyphosate, talking about glyphosate. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, you, I, you, I, you whip that other article right out there, and you're like, "Oh yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't stop it at all." Well, I hope, I hope, I wish and hope that uh, you would actually be a better scientist about your own body and health, and go after simple things you can do with your diet to step off of those things. Mm -hmm. I'm not telling you. I know you love to. You list all. Oh, you just need some of this and a prescription for that, and you know you've got your allopathic cocktail. You know at the tip of your fingers. But that's one area where I would hope, you know, before because you're you're in your 40s, lad. Mm. You know, you're not going to be you're not going to be your body doesn't do what it's been doing for these four, last four decades um, forever. It's going to start slowing. Oh, it's, yeah, it's, it's already not doing that. Um, <laughs> the, uh, Welcome aboard. <laughs> so, you know, my. Um, you know, my yeah, I, if I if I could live without the. Um, or, or if I made the requisite lifestyle changes, I would literally have to exist on like a small bowl of plain rice with a, <laughs> a boiled egg on it. And, uh, well, maybe, you know, no, I don't, I don't think so. I think you could do it, but it would take discipline. Do you eat, do you eat crisps? No. And, and Bickies. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Um, um, I mean, I hear, I've heard you talk about your rice and chicken, you know, uh, mm. but uh, there's there's just I mean, I, I can I can do I, I mean, there's I, I can have a reflex to reach for. Um, yeah, those those sort of comfort foods, especially especially okay. younger when, you know, you wanted to go out and socialize and I wanted you, you wanted to be able yeah. to eat and drink you, you and eat out. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, pub um, food. But have you tried an elimination diet? Meaning, have you, have you, first of all, when's the last time you stopped taking PPIs? Uh, right for three or four days. Oh, never. Not, not, oh, since, not since I was, but, you know, I had um, an inguinal hernia. So they, okay. they, they were like, well, it's, it's that, or, um, well, the other one was the, antihistamine type um drugs and the ppis were just more stable i found over okay. over a longer term now but again you know that was in the context of yeah i wanted to i wanted to be able to to go out to the restaurant and not not think about the um the consequence the pain in the middle of your chest yeah, yeah. it's, it's going to come in a, in in a couple of hours and um and but now i you know i don't i don't engage in restaurants and drinking and 
and you know perhaps i i could wind them back but the problem now is that the i i find myself in a constant search for um pain alleviation and you know part of that i'm afraid um involves at various points not non-steroidal anti-inflammatories and uh, it's lethal for that uh, lethal i mean it's difficult to use those drugs without um some sort of buffering that that takes place and practitioner do you consult with for your personal health me <laughs> that's okay <laughs> that's it no one knows it better than Kevin. Okay, okay. Because um, I, you know, I've tried, I've tried many, many yeah. different approaches, and yeah. you know, I'm. How would you say? Uh, I'm. I've been on keto now for quite a few months. I've let it lapse in the last week or so because I do, I do think keto can become. I, I don't think your body's supposed to be in ketosis all the time, right? And sometimes sometimes you just gotta you, you, your diet's supposed to change normally right you should should eat seasonally i get i get all that i get all the the desire for wholesome foods and um you know where were i living in the mediterranean and i have my yeah. chickens and small holding and i had the time to tend it then you know perhaps um life would be uh different and and actually you know it would be a case of where the drugs not there you would be forced to adapt right and you 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 would find a way to um because you still got to live right and you would you would sort of tend towards avoiding those um those items which caused flare-ups right yeah, and that that can be the elimination diet. It doesn't mean that you abandon all of the things that you love in food and drink. Oh, for me, for me, it would. It's, it's literal. Anything that goes in, it's guaranteed to uh, just uh, not not be digested well. Um, oh, it was a horrible. Okay, so you were having a really rough time with pain, and then you'd lay down, and you would get woken up in the middle of the night with horrible, like a lump of lava, right in your yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And um, I didn't even. It just could happen at any point in the day. Oh yeah, yeah. Just um, sudden onset, rapid onset, yeah. acute. It, it's almost debilitating. Yeah, yeah. 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 And Danger Mouse mentioned, by the way, uh, kebabs at 4 a.m. And uh, the best kebab I ever had at 4 a.m. was outside the George in uh, Dublin uh, at the little shawarma joint just up the street. Best, best shawarma ever. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, you know, that I, I, I recognize that there was a choice that you're making. There's a trade off in, yeah. um, you know, I'm, I'm not one of these because I think a lot of people get guilt tripped about um medicines and what have you because there's always there's always someone who's doing it better and they're um you know they're they're able to go to the gym that bit that bit more or and yeah then they do a podcast and you get hypnotized and you think oh i need to follow them they've mm -hmm. really got their shit together and but but i would encourage you as an investigator because that's what you really are that's that it seems like that's what's awoken in you you're not 
I mean, by the way, uh, Monkey Island, that would be awesome if you could get that little island. That would be... Yeah, you know what? In Japan, um, often derelicts and what have you, they do just give them away. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah, to, for, for people wondering what we're talking about. Nick sent but it me, structure's intact. Yeah, <laughs> I mean... Um, structures that are about to fall down all that concrete would be rotten um we found we found a picture of an abandoned um, abandoned island this little isolated island and we were joking that that's where kevin should have a monkey laboratory so Ah, you know what if if i get to the point where you know there is a clear support and that you know i'm trying to do it officially right now through Mm. labs and contacts that i know but you know there may there may be a reluctance for those labs to step on this particular or into this particular minefield um that's the really frightening thing for me is when um the 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 power level just tells the front the frontline investigators and researchers and hang on, I've got to just address the chat here I've just got to address the chat here I got tested for pylori there's no pylori, right? I've literally got hernia, right? You get, but some people are just born with it. Yeah. <laughs> and just, it's there, right? And it's in the family. It runs in the family. And um, it's just one of those things, right? So everyone can... Bubble and squeak. Everyone can fuck off with your H pylori and your... <laughs> I've done it, tested all that, gone down those avenues, right? <laughs> and don't want to fix you, Kevin. You you just mark mark my words. Um, well, so it, let's let's go back and put a cork on the on the monkeypox thing. So I I think we're of the same the same mind. You know, the whole mm, sociologic debate that we that we have ongoing um, is is I enjoy it. I appreciate it. And, um, you know, like I say, you're generally very respectful to my face and, and, you know, you don't, you don't throw me under the bus. Um, but, uh, I think that, I think it's probably most likely that this was the result of something that got reactivated in men who took a vaccine. And there were, you know, there's plenty of examples of that and that now we're seeing sexual clusters. Now it's about casual transmission. Mm. Um, so whether it was it it was mutagenic, uh, it 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 got spread quietly and slowly in the community, and then bam, when the COVID jab came, it became a problem. I, I you know I can't speak to those things, but those are possibilities. Mm. Um, I'm I'm inclined to lean that way. Um, has it been deliberately modified? I I think that there's some probability, maybe. Um, but I'm my just for the people that are listening. I do th- I do think it's more indicative of the environmental factors coming into play, and you know what what would have been a so I actually had a where did I put it? So there was a paper. French paper pointing out um, asymptomatic uh, asymptomatic um, expression. So, report documents detection of monkeypox virus in anal samples taken from asymptomatic 
MSM. It's homos, goddammit. You, you tried so bloody hard to have that word into the vernacular. Bloody well use it now. Not not men who have sex with men. Homos. <laughs> goddammit. Um, but uh, this... Um, you know, I, I have a feeling, like you were saying, that it was probably circulating in in that community. I don't think their behaviours are predisposing them to limiting their exposure. And um, well, let me just read this. So uh, researchers from Bichet Claude Hospital retrospectively performed testing for monkeypox virus on all anorectal swabs that were collected as part of a sexually transmitted infection screening program. Per French guidelines, this type of screening is performed every three months among homos with multiple sexual partners who are either taking HIV, pre-exposure prophylactis, or living with HIV and receiving antiviral treatment. Of the 200 asymptomatic persons screened that were negative for gonorrhea, uh, whatever trachomatis is... Um, 13 samples were PCR positive for monkeypox virus. Two of the 13 later developed symptoms of monkeypox. Now, I would like to... Uh, so there was, a, there was a cluster there that were asymptomatic? Yeah. I just want to see if we can get some time frames on that. Um, That's, that was my question, is what what is this study? Mm, I'll give you the link. Uh, unfortunately... <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> Didn't mean to do that. Um, do this and uh, it's uh, in the annals of internal medicine I know, know you <laughs> okay. it's alright well and they they were taking the anal swabs you know because it was France <laughs> <laughs> just so, bend over and I'm going to yeah but look, look that was that was something that I um, was a culture shock to me when I, I lived in France when I started my PhD in France was the um, use of suppository type medicines was far more common in France than I I was used to, and I haven't seen it in any of. Right into the bloodstream. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it it is one of the best ways of getting uh, drugs into the system. We know this, right? If I yeah, I'd heard of. Of party drugs going up the butt, but mm. I didn't know about nice, uh, nice vodka soap tampons. <laughs> I have a nice lavender suppository for you. Here you go. <laughs> May we? Um, so the it's not surprising to me that the French would have uh, a program like this. Um, now I'm just trying. I'm just trying to scan it for when they were doing it. So. I see 2006 mentioned um, during the study period. Yeah, what's the study period? All participants pretended routine. Participants given written. Yeah. Um, first MPX was identified on 19th of May. Screening was halted in patients who had lesions. We reported on asymptomatic men who tested negative yeah, yeah. Uh, from 5th of June to 11th of July 2022 so I mean it seems to be a, a common uh, sorry recent phenomenon and oh, yeah, there are 
are historic. Uh, I, I don't know how, how or why there might be stores of, uh, say, generally when you take a single swab for someone's tests, that is destroyed. They don't retain it, right, after they... No, 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 that, that'll be kept. That's kept, dude. Like I say, all what? the all, all this talk about um, you know samples for SARS-CoV-2, yeah. right? Yeah. All all blood samples, etc., are stored for months and months and months, years even. And but not, yeah, there's so much testing material and tests going to independent labs, like LabCorp in the U.S. is the big network. Mm. Um, are you saying you think that uh, some portion of swabs, even for anything, a variety, you know, a skin. A staff test, a, a strep test, uh, any number of things. You think that those are preserved? Yeah, once if they get a PID on something, that'll often get um, stored. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, well, the reason being is that it might be interesting to see if we could do retroactive testing mm. and take a look at similar similar populations from 2015, mm. yeah. 2012, 2009, and see if there's a signature of monkeypox. Uh, for example, getting positive protein tests, but without necessarily a presentation of disease. Mm. That would that would fall in line with there's been a latent low grade, you know, low to no viremia um, contagion that's been simmering for some time, seeded by these volunteer programs where a big portion of a city's community will roll up their sleeves and take a new HIV candidate and, uh, you know, three jabs. And then we see what happens. And, you know, we've already seen examples, you know, not to get into the, the vaccine trial topic too much, but there's I, I, I just have a my gut says that's probably where it got into the community, because where else would all of these guys have contact with primate proteins? They don't work in science. They don't work at the zoo. Well, but the, yeah. the, part, the part, I can I can tell you they do work in science when I was at San Francisco. Uh, well, okay. <laughs> uh, no, you're right. That's uh, the lab lab techs there were. Uh, shall we say? Uh, oh, my dad would say left hookers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, um, it's it's not like there isn't exposure, and you know, but I, the, you know, I was, I did a stream the other day, and someone sort of dropped in, and it was a claim on a TikTok video that this, uh, what do you call them? I was gonna say, it's not air hostess. What do you call dudes that do that woman's job? Steward. 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 Okay. And I, he was like, oh, I, you know, the headline was, uh, I got monkeypox without uh, uh, having uh, sex. And, you know, you, I played the clip and, you know, it's uh, this immaculately uh, presented or what would have been were it not for the festering lesions all over his face. But aye, aye, aye. Oh. Um, but then he's got that uh, wispy uh, chase me voice and... I'm like, I'm just not buying the argument that uh, a uh, Stuart Stuart just wasn't engaging in uh, risky behavior. That's his. uh... Well, and and, uh, yeah, and I know you you say it. uh, The jokes just write themselves. I mean, I I know that it's going to be irresistible. So I'm going to have to have get my rhino skin. I put my shields. Dude, I'd, I'd do it for anyone, anyone or any group that I, I just think are uh, uh, engaging in um, ridiculous behavior. And again, you know, it's like women is a, a one that I pick out all the time and I call it the thousand cock stare. 
right? Where women have just, you know, they've been unshackled from biological reality through things like contraceptive pill, through things like being able to get access to males who are going to engage in multiple partners. Access uh, to males who are going to engage in multiple sexual partners. Oh, you're hysterical. They're pigs. There's yeah. a reason that they're called pigs. Yeah. They go oink, oink, oink at the trough. Mm. And there's some that prey on women at the end of the night to see who's left over. You know, that 130 cal Hey, um, hang on. I scored loads at that time. Knocked that up. <laughs> I know what you scored at one thirty in the morning at the end of the night. Yeah, look, I, I, I got them into that state to begin with. Oh, yes, you, you lulled them into that. Yes, it was the pre-Rufi era. Yeah. Oh, no, not that you would ever do that. Uh, no, but yeah, yeah I, was, I was in the MDMA era. And, yeah, get, get a girl pilled up. Uh, dance the night away <laughs> and uh whatever when the club's finished you still, you're not going home to sleep well you make go you go home but you're not sleeping um well you'll be you'll be up for a day or so after, after those drugs you'll yeah and that that was um and again there was a, a degree of um addictive quality around that i recognize that in, in my uh youthful um behavior but um, I, hands down, I can say there wasn't any, uh, there wasn't double digit partners in an evening and, um, there certainly wasn't broadcasting it on Twitter with no shame. And, um, you know, I, I don't know, I guess in my defense, I would say I was, um, I, I tried to be gentlemanly. I wouldn't just, uh, kick a chick out the door. <laughs> I got kicked out the door by chicks. There, there are people whose lifestyle is to eat right, go to the gym, and go to the, to the hookup apps. Yeah. And get as much as you want and just be a pig. Mm. And it's double pig. When it's two men, it's the double pig effect. It's bacon on bacon. Mm. So, you know, I you you can imagine and you you saw San Francisco. You know, I'm I'm sure. You know, I I hope you don't think what you saw at Folsom Street Fair is some kind of a peek into the lives of most people in that city. It's not. Most people in that city are not living in a sexual circus. Uh, but, but it's not, it's not so much that it was the, um, permissiveness of the environment that would allow that. And it's highly contentious. It's very, very contentious. There are conservative aspects of the city year after year that try and get it shut down and fight it. Oh yeah, yeah. And you you don't see that when you wander into it, and you're like, oh my god, what am I seeing? Mm. Um, and the people all over the city that weekend that kind of act like it's an extension. Every neighborhood, every every bus they're on mm. is sort of you know a continuation of the party. Um, yeah, it's it's a little bit much. I mm. went one time and I was overwhelmed. I just was knocked back mm. um, because I wasn't raised in you know I was raised in a completely conservative heterosexual world mm. and i wasn't accepting of that saying oh because i'm gay 
that that I'm also okay with this highly you know hypersexualized public sex mm. exhibitionism and all of the kink and all of that stuff. It was it's like well I I'm kind of glad I saw it once in my lifetime and I never need to go back. Mm. So yeah, and anyway. like I say, I've that that for me was you know as disturbing as seeing the the assless chapped dudes walking around. Yeah. Um, the, the I don't know the the concentration of it. Like I said, the only reason that I I sort of saw it was because my wife was working in, in the, the area where they held it, and mm-hmm. and she she's like, well, let's go and have a look. She wants. To, I was like, <laughs> oh no, and uh, you know, I and look, I've I've been the. Um, rave parties etc and you know and where that when they were very much underground and um you, you know you might catch a couple going at it like more than just making out um but it wasn't it wasn't like you're stepping over them <laughs> like in it, it the the Folsom street environment that's just that was just another level and i can only imagine that it's got worse in in that we've cosseted that type of um narcissism and you know that i would i would make an argument that the us is particularly susceptible to it because there's this baked in um idea of uh pursuit uh Britain's got talent. America's got talent. Blah blah blah. Yeah, um, yeah. We're a lot of the world is stuck looking at itself in the mirror, and now it's stuck looking at its own selfies and its own world that it portrays on mm. Instagram and social media. And but but no, and then it and it definitely slides right into that, and that's the sexual narcissism and exhibitionism and the internet. Everybody being their own porn star, mm. you know, based on how good of a photographer you are. Mm. Um, it, it's it's uh, it, it, I, it's a phenomena, and I've been kind of overwhelmed by it. Um, and the duplicity. There's a whole, you know. I would like to do a study on the difference between your actual and your digital self, and doing behavior. You know, looking at your behavioral uh, activities in real life compared to how you want to portray yourself in that electrosexual environment, mm-hmm. um, and the things that you'll get up to in that in that alter ego. Yeah. And uh, look, I'm I'm no paragon of virtue, but I I sort of clocked on <laughs> quite a few years ago that um, uh, the smut through the screen, it, that that that's a that's a whole other level than having a couple of wank mags <laughs> under your mattress, right? That you're worried about your mum uh, finding, right? And well, now yeah. now now you've got to worry about finding your mum on a on a video site. Hi, yeah. Chihuahua. Because <laughs> everybody, everybody, all ages, all circumstances, every channel, every, yeah, there's every kind of proclivity, we'll say, proclivity, mm. um, can be found in, for free and near instantaneous. Yeah. Um, and that's that has changed human sexuality and morality. And I'm sure it's done something... For you know, male female uh, psychological dynamics and stress and all of that. I don't know. You know, I'm sure there's a lot. I'm sure there's a whole industry around internet porn addiction. 
Oh, yeah, um, there, there is. The there is. The family. Yeah. Um, and we know that it's uh, it's problematic, right? That's that's where the whole Kuma um, archetype comes from, right? The <laughs> that bleary eyed, uh, you know, asymmetric. Yeah. Um, mean but you know i just i find that hilarious because it captures so well the um the archetype and just just like uh chappelle captures the crackhead right with Mm -hmm. with tyrone is it called tyrone biggums yeah tyrone biggums (laughs) uh you know you can you can that that inward psychology is reflected outwardly right and in people who don't uh, have the resources or wherewithal to um temper the their appetites as it were it it begins it begins to bleed through and you know again we're in this situation where um we've we've allowed degeneracy to rule the roost Whereas, you know, with there should be more, um, I don't know, again, like I say, I think Asia seems to handle it far, far better, right? It's understood that it's round, but they don't let it dictate um, the public discussion. And um, it, it drives a large portion of... Uh, of- tourist and uh, hospitality industry for sexual trade in certain countries. We won't yeah, so so Thailand but... has a particular oh, issue, but I wasn't going to say it. You're like, yeah, Thailand. But um, I got I got told an interesting anecdote the other day that the reason that um, the transition surgery became so well honed in thailand was that um the women would um were the man caught cheating cut his dick off right and that that's quite a common that's part of their uh cultural landscape if that that shame befalls you that you just continue on the path and become a woman um pretty much well i understood uh, yeah i don't i can't i i, <laughs> I can't wrap my head around uh putting myself in that circumstance where i would treat someone in a way that would cause them to cut off my bits um but uh, in thailand they do those thai bitches um get you in your sleep there's yeah there's some there's some etiquette there's some really you better go to your cotillion class and get your uh your 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 put you know your p's and q's sorted out as they say around here um god uh okay no i I hadn't heard about that but i did i think i did see an article it might have been thailand medical news about a a, a woman who cut cut off a guy's thing it was one of those lorena bobbitt stories Mm. Uh, um, recently, and, so I, I again, I don't know, I don't know how true that is. It was just r- relate to me, and I thought, well, you know, kind of makes sense. But you know, th- th- there's, we know that there were areas of the world that were permissive to sort of, you know, the the men going and engaging in paedophilia, um, and you know, one of one of the 
worst offenders who, you know, I have to... I I was a fan of Arthur C. Clarke growing up in the UK. Um, his science fiction, his... Um, well, that's the lens you looked at him through. Mm. Um, but then there was always a reason that he was <laughs> doing his programs from tropical tropical paradises because he was there and you know the the vernacular was different back then but uh, uh, he he was fond of having a catamite to hand and um obviously had the resources to indulge himself and he was he was part of the a british establishment that that you know indulged people like jimmy savile and um other other ne'er do wells, and you know we know that we know that that type of behaviour runs to the very top, and you know that's we've seen that with the royal family in the last year with um, Epstein, or the Epsteinization becoming more public. Um, I don't think Prince Andrew is the only one that's indulging um, appetites in such a way that. Um, that common folk would find abhorrent. Um, the, I guess the, I guess the issue is that we would, we would hope that, um, or, or the people that are there to sort of set examples about comportment would be less subject to these, uh, these types of behaviors. But, you know, we, we know that that's not the case. And I, I do think that Britain is riddled with a degenerate upper class that again has facilitated the um, the move towards acceptance of degeneracy. And um, look, there was an article this week, dude, where apparently Ghana is getting fed up with old grannies going on sex tourism. I mean, so literally, literally, it, well, go find young men. Yeah, go find some bleak. Bleak stud. What, what I thought? What? What? Did we <laughs> we call them cougars in the United States. Yeah, but you know this. Uh, I think even older than the archetypical cougar. We're talking. You know, I I, I, cougars. Yeah, cougars. I I would say are sort of forties, and then then there's the those women that are getting hormone replacement therapy into their 60s okay. they've they've okay. bled a couple of uh ex-husbands dry they've got plenty of money in the bank and uh, uh winding their way down to, <laughs> to africa and they want a little piece of chocolate i get it i understand <laughs> all right and and everyone's just sort of oh okay you yeah. know Whereas before there would have been, you know, some some degree of public shame, right? The Sun newspaper would have had your face plastered all over the front page. Or maybe we're coming to the edge of that era in time where this sort of behavior was allowed to hide because now anyone, the pool boy of the hyper homophobic 
uh, online pastor who's constantly raving about the gays and the fags and burning in hell and the flames from the butthole. And then it turns out that he's got a meth addicted pool boy in his pocket. Yeah. You know, all of all of that kind of stuff. Now, anyone can bear witness to details like the butler, like Epstein's butler, who released his book in 2006 and said, oh, you want to know who he's doing business with here? Bam. Yeah. Um, that kind of mass communication has changed the game, and and it's I, maybe it's just things are starting to finally you know bleed through. Well, yeah, and um, if there's no consequences for it, and you know, and this is this is where there's something about the Eastern cultures where there is this idea of honor and shame still sort of baked in that. Um, is a sort of controlling element to it that doesn't just let it all hang out like uh, like like what the West seems to be doing. The West seems to be engaged in a very Heathism. self. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's the elevation. And, and yes, and lack of lack of uh, refinement, lack of limit. Um, and I'll, t I'll say again, I support you as a parent. And your ongoing concern about the things that affect your kids in school. Mm. And look, dude, it's not an issue. It's not an issue here in Japan. It's it's really not. But what I no. what I'm concerned about is what I what I and again, you know, there's a a bias to the uh, news news sources that I'm looking at. But I don't. There's some hyperbole. Yeah. But I don't think um, you know is. I tell you what, what's his name? Brett Brett Weinstein. His his experience. At, uh, what's up, sweetheart? What's the matter? Oh, you just saying hello? Yes. Okay. Say hello. Um, if Daddy Time is calling, then we can we can wind down. Uh, I got a few more minutes, I guess. Um, yeah. The. I what I was saying now. Brett Brett Weinstein. Oh yeah yeah yeah. So um. He, he he was a professor. Him and his wife were a professor in is it Washington State? Washington State. Yeah, and is it Evergreen College? And um, those stories and scandals, I guess, seem to be ever more frequent in the in my timeline. And the and, and you know this is how Jordan Peterson sort of um, made his uh, fame was that he was standing on college campus, arguing again. I w I would say with young kids going through that messianic phase where that messianic phase has been guided by a a ideology right now that is, um, veers very much to the, I don't even think left, right defines the, cause it's not, it's not a, um, it's not an economic description of, uh, of political thought now. And I'm, I, I don't see the institutions getting any better. And, you know, again, you know, this conversation I had earlier in the week, and it was, a really enjoyable one was that um, there. I think that there are solutions to saving the academies right now. One is one is 
take away the publication model, right? Dismantle those journals and the glamour mag journals and the idea of publish or perish, etc. Maybe you're going to have to contract down the academy. You you make it more monastic type of career path and but at the same time you you weed out the you know what are over political and cultural ideologies that are that are programmed much like a corporation is with a particular aim in mind and you know a business is looking to make a profit supposedly and then you've got the ideological end of the spectrum and you know, I think everyone should be aware of who Antonio Gramsci is and what he argued with respect to the march through the institutions, the Tavistock Institute, all all these um, think tanks and thought leaders, and that they they didn't go away, and we're we're dealing with it right now. There's just a for for some reason we're at a critical juncture where. All these factors are, are coming out to play such that you have self-avowed liberals like Brett Weinstein and his wife aghast at the state of their side of the aisle, if you like. And, um, you know, how, how many, how many other Brett Weinstein experiences have occurred across these institutes right now where um, they haven't had the soft landing that someone like Brett Weinstein had. They could go and opine about it on Joe Rogan and um, sort of... Turned it into a career. Yeah, yeah. Um... There, there has to have been a constant and ongoing battle between, uh, you know, political points and religious points and moral and social points over the years. You know, when you think about all the things that have changed in the last 100 years alone, you know there's been big issues like this about race, about gender, etc. Mm. So I, I would assume that there's... Um, there are pockets of conservatism and liberalism in the academic domains uh, that self-sort. You know, they auto they auto sort themselves into Ooh, I, I, like the the academic environment. Generally, is I I would argue left leaning, liberal leaning, um, just inherently. But one because of you know your your the businesses training young minds. And sure. so that there's a sort of self-selection bias there already. Um, I don't, but I, what I think is missing is some, uh, the self-reflection at an institutional level or depart, departmental level where they don't see that they're, um, they have become very much just a sort of one-sided uh, ide ide ideology machine. Well, so right there is Kevin. Think about apathy. Think about the there's. I like the phrase. There's the right thing, and then there's the easy thing. Mm. 
and allowing um, a bias in the political, social leanings of your employees to cluster together into a certain band means that they are going to have more like minds that would uh, intrinsically probably work better together in groups, cause less turmoil and upheaval. They would be more prone to unify and be managed at a strategic level versus dealing with uh, infighting. So, you know, it's it makes sense. I mean, it's 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 like, well, we have this. You guys have the oil industry and weapons and the DOD. And we have education. You know, it's I can see it as kind of a turf war in in between the houses. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't, um, wouldn't disagree with that take. Um, what, what bothers me is that the. The corporations have perhaps you know that in previous times they would have sort of through experience shaped the young minds coming out of universities etc but the managerial class now i think has just been infiltrated to such a point that um that that particular group think has become cemented in and um you know i'm I, I know I couldn't go back. I, could you see me working in a Western academic institution? I would uh, laugh. Well, you, you, you've been a chameleon before. I've heard you change your stripe significantly uh, in between who you're speaking with. You know, you tailor, you tailor what you let out um, with who you're speaking with and and where they're coming from. So I think you could you could pull in your fangs um, and and not be a vicious raccoon. Uh, and I think that you could succeed, and I think that you would be a disruptor. I think you'd be quite a if if that is a value in uh, in the lab science area. Um, I think you could be, you know, not necessarily that you need to compete with people or fight with people, but the direction of your work or the questions that you are pursuing in your investigations could be disruptive in and of themselves. Well, you know. Maybe on a different timeline, but for some for some reason we yeah. seem to be in this timeline, and the, mm -hmm. there's the, the, like I say, there's a culture war around this biological war, warfare. I would say, and I don't, and, and again, I don't know what the end result is going to be, but um, you know, if history is any judge, um, it's likely to be. Um, painful a painful process and you know the the, the problem that or, or what i feel is is that there's a um there's been an overwhelming slide to critical theories that permeates all institutions now and I, th I think that accounts for a lot of the, you know, what what might have been a small, vicious, psychopathic clique 30, 40 years ago that was, uh, you know, the, 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 the management. Which, which one are you referring to? Would you, would you please differentiate? There are so many. Well, let, let's, let's think about... Uh, so, uh, special virus cancer program, right? That's something that we can both agree on that has a uh, a, a pass that needs raking over with a fine tooth comb and um, 
everything about that needs dragging into the public. Now, back then, was it more a... Um, how to how to encapsulate it in, in was it was it the drive for country the sort of um dr strange love type networks that were driving policy decision back then that caused the problem and now have we has the pendulum swung the other way to the point where um it's well um Gramsci, the emergence of Gramscian ideology through all all our systems. And you know, somewhat someone um Jigs just said in the chat, right? You want you wanna you wanna know how much the uh cultural thought leaders how insane that they really are that we had Sam Harris Right, how everyone was all applauding for his uh, uh, moral and ethical stance, publicly saying um, he wouldn't he wouldn't care if there were bodies on. And I get that he's being uh, verbose and melodramatic somewhat and trying to hammer home a point, but that that there would be that type of thinking in the public intellectual sphere. And a uh, and them not having pushback in the in the intellectual space, philosophical space. That they, they, they've had the run of the the well, all channels of information, and you know, you, you, I I was there applauding um, Hitchens giving a good intellectual beating onto those uh those silly religious folks etc for their for their backwards uh views and thinking etc and um but as i've grown older and had di you know different life experiences and a lot of that comes from being a parent is that in 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 a sense i i came to value the the conservative framework, if you like, and I can I can see I can see where I I've, I've played a part in cheerleading on the the atheistic materialist worldview that at at its most flexible manifests through someone like Sam Harris, where he's talking about the need for um, some spiritual existence in your life but it could be any anything spiritual just so long as you're meditating etc then everything's a okay but what you find is is that he's he's literally a, a lunatic on on the <laughs> on the spectrum of um philosophical thought and you know that his his smooth talking public persona is just an act and you know again I, this is me just railing at the railing at the universe for a camera lens um uh, 
And Dordong says, I guess Sam doesn't care because he might treat children in real life and he imagines. Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure I get what you're getting at there, Endora, but um, yeah, his, his I, I would interpret that, his pretensions towards wanting universal moral good, there are suddenly limits to his way of thinking that, you know, we've, that are philosophically shallow, right? And, and, and these are the people we're supposed to be shaping our, our discussions about our, um, our stance towards essentially hostile forces. Because suddenly, suddenly it becomes a very weak and shallow defense, or defensive posture, I would say. Um, I don't know. I, I don't have answers to those questions. All I can do is watch and laugh as more, more and more absurdity becomes ever more public. I guess. It, it, that's what, again, one of those horrifying side effects of mass communication that I find fascinating is um, the broadcasting of neuroses, the broadcasting of addiction, the broadcasting of um, personal and familial tragedy, uh, everything being magnified and moving into this semi-global you know, space, this collective think. Uh, and people feeding off each other financially and emotionally. And, you know, it's it's a very strange new world that we're in. Mm. But uh, I, I appreciate uh, the opportunity for a, a, a level, you know, discussion. And I know we don't move the needle from one another. My experiences were galvanizing for me. And I'm not on a mission to make everybody gay or want to be gay or have a rainbow flag on their car or anything like that, or tell their very young kids about sexuality before parents feel that they're ready to talk about it. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm at in, in a perplexed state about the anxiety that the, what, what was originally going to be progress for the gay community has turned into contention. Um, and, you know, I, I thought that the milestones of marriage and protection from being thrown out of your job or your house or, you know, things like that would be sort of the boundaries of what we needed to establish. And it's gone farther than that. And now, you know, we're, we're, we're seeing parents rightfully push back. And that's the process that I think has to continue. Uh, yeah, um, I, I think so, too. And let's say there's <laughs> the reason I speak to you, dude, is you're not uh, you're not a rainbow flag um, ideologue, right? You, you, you're sitting there and having, having the, a discussion that needs to be taking place. And, you know, I, I guess there's a, there's a element of personal responsibility that everyone has to take with respect to what you allow and don't allow in, in the, um, Linux. Or, yeah, where we where we draw what what are acceptable boundaries? Yeah, and we can get into the marriage debate um, another time. But... <laughs> He's like, let me load up my torpedoes. Yeah, now on, I want you all to call me Loretta. That's all I have. <laughs> uh, but just like I say. 
um, even that as a cultural force, right? Monty Python, how much damage did they do? By parodying, by by bend, by gender bending, by mm. doing drag, by doing fantastically, uniquely hysterical comedic parody of the opposite. And I, what I loved was hearing about uh, Graham and John discussing where their pepper pots came from psychologically. You know, who were they really modeled after? Women in their lives. Um, I loved all of that stuff. And no, that none of that made me gay. Bugs Bunny dressing up. And drag and doing it with a fruit basket on his head and doing the dance with the lipstick and the eyelashes that didn't make me gay um watching football and wrestling had something to do with it um you know but i'm saying the the what we account for these social uh, social accoutrement you know mm. ephemera of media and in overreacting to it 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 might have a meaningful connection for a young lgbtq kid to see that kind of stuff in the media now um but i i i don't think I don't want to equate media that is allowing some kind of a positive message or gay characters to intersect with things like the trans issue, because I think one is biological and psychological and the other is more, um, I don't know how to classify media, but that's, I, you know, well, I, but it, it's borders is borders to this point where, um, we're, there's been this acceptance and, and again this is where i think biological reality has to has to eventually take precedence where we're allowing men to compete against women and what just because they're saying they're female right now uh, come on right you, you've you've broken any connection to reality at that point and it's it's inherently unfair to the women and the the parents of the girl competing that uh, a dude can just come in and wipe the floor with uh, with with other competitors right and but we've reached that point somehow that's a pickle and it needs to be we keep you know we need to keep talking about that and and working on that and parents are part and parcel to the educational experience and, and athletics and academics, you know, all of that up through college. And I think that there should be influence there and that there's, they, they need, their voice needs to um, be articulated and there needs to be pressure in the right direction. And I see individual cases of, of uh, trans athletes uh, who are disqualified or whatnot. Uh, and then I see other instances where it, you know, they're allowed to, to to play, and it seems like there is an unfair advantage. And you know, again, I also I think there's too much seriousness about athletics. Period, as something meaningful, it's recess. You know, it's playground behavior glorified. So you want to talk about narcissism, athleticism, and athletes, and the whole cult of personality around athleticism, and turning them into celebrities, and they go home and beat their wives. I think there's a whole lot that we can look at in that space, mm. but specifically to the trans issue and and that. I I agree. It's it's a it's a strange new challenge, and it's not a done. You know, the discussion isn't done yet. Mm. Um. And it's, yeah, it's going to be painful uh, working through it. And I guess I'll finish on this, which is that I think, I think that or this phenomenon has been deliberately weaponized. 
um, and I said, like I say, understanding and co combating heterosexism. That's that's not a reasonable intellectual starting point in in any way um, based on biological reality. <laughs> that's 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 a... I wouldn't take that phrase out of context again I, I would I would encourage you to stay grounded about what it was where it was coming from and what the perspective of that kind of a course is going to be there is plenty of bias material in academia agreed and, and whether it's about for you sorting it left or right leaning or you take each individual issue on its own uh, regardless it's you know it's there there's that that phrase uh, and that that one clip that you showed i mean i i would assume that's not the basis of of your whole um position on that but um it's if you look at women's studies there's a whole lot of language that would get you really frustrated and upset oh yeah yeah demonizing men the violence of men the impulsive compulsive violence of men the anger of men you know there's you would see it as a study in man hate and yeah. i can understand as a straight man that would that would not be something i'd be comfortable with but this is another example and like i say this uh it's it's they've been successful in capturing the institutes this is this is what it all comes down to and that there has to be we either we either come to some functional middle ground or it's literally let those institutes implode and uh, uh, there'll be a, there'll be enough customers to sustain those institutes and yeah. they're built into the big mechanisms of get a degree get a career you know that that pathway you're supposed to follow yeah. So, you know, I, I say keep keep up. Don't abandon the institution. Keep up the argument. And you're an Aries. You know, you like to fight. Yeah. That's what I'm doing, right? Um, Scrapper. Hmm. But, but does it, uh, well, thanks for letting me jump on and, and, uh, and opine and yeah. uh, run my Irish mouth a little bit. Anytime, dude. Um, and, yeah, we'll see how things uh progress over the coming weeks um imagine a lot more is going to come into the play um more more piss pigs <laughs> uh, yeah and and i yeah as far as as far as the monkey pox to put a, a, a you know a pin in it there um uh, this is this is for me the worst kind of deja vu this is what i would have hoped to have um avoided was seeing footage of a line full of guys waiting to get an experimental shot Mm. Um, it's that's it's you know it's it's too it's too close to the mark to what happened in 1978. Mm. So you know I hope we see better outcomes for those guys. Whatever happens with the monkeypox story, I think it's that's that's a space in society that we need to keep our eyes on, and uh, let's see what happens to the guys that got this jab. Well, it's, it's not just it's everyone, right? We're, we're at this point. We're at the, the, the summer's gone, dude. This the new bivalent mRNA platforms are coming in, and uh, the the public discussion isn't around what's the what's the long term impact of these these therapies. Look, I was where did I see it? There was uh, 
Oh, They're trying it. to erase the control group. If enough people get polluted, there won't be anyone that you'll be able to compare effectively. Yeah, and I, look, it was late last night and I, I clicked on the link and literally it was about, it was flu mRNA in, in rodent models conferring next generation immunity. Now, um, you have to ab abstract out from that a little bit, but what th what that's talking about is affecting germ lines here. And infected gut biomes. Yeah. Passing through the passing through the mother to the to the child, and then being able. I just saw that paper of being able to detect spike in stool from newborns yeah. whose mothers had, I think, cleared natural infection or you know. Mm. Uh, contagious infection and like I said we don't we don't know and in the context of accelerating or, or, or sustained excess mortality we, we could be looking at some very very chaotic circumstances in in the coming months I hope I hope it's not the case but um, it doesn't what I'm seeing right now doesn't bode well for... Well, you you know the vectors that we need to look at, or the areas we need to keep an eye on: neuropsychiatric. Mm. We need to keep an eye on cardio. We need to keep an eye on inflammatory and cancer. Mm. And this this, um, this and... is this is why it just comes down to we got to get the primate data in 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 a controlled in a controlled environment and explore the space of what's possible. And this. What they have done, right, in this parallel tracked animal human study to push through this new paradigm, um, like I say, in hindsight, going back and looking at those studies and, and just finding that, uh, you know, that there are severe doubts about the principal investigators involved. Indian fellow in Texas, Kuchar, whatever. I always want to say Khashoggi, but that's the that's the guy that got chopped up, right? <laughs> the... Uh oh, the journalist. Yes, mm. yeah. Come and get your marriage license. Haya, that yeah. was awful. That was. Uh, but I, I hadn't heard about this story about this other fellow. Um, oh my God, dude! It, it's study just being completely so. There's so there's little to no confidence in the data. So, so the Pfizer animal study. Um, the individual on there. Let me just find his uh, name now. I can find that quickly. Um, do this, do this, do this, and no, not that, this, um, Kushal is his name, and this individual, I'm still sharing the screen, right? Uh, Deepak Kushal, PhD, Texas Biomedical Research Institute, is the director for that primate center. And um, based on report, so this is uh, Office of Research Integrity, um, multiple accounts of fraudulent submissions of data 
And he's part of a very large study group that designed the vaccine testing in animals. And so going, I just had a look back at those studies and there are multiple issues in there, which one is, well, we can't trust any of his data right now. We know that he's prone to um, massaging it because it it's going to accelerate his career path. And do you mean like removing animals from studies to bias outcomes? Or, or, or picking the model that you would bias your outcomes. So in, in their, their particular instance, uh, in the this New England uh, Journal of Medicine um, study, they use male juveniles two to four years of age as a way to demonstrate its safety and efficacy. Now, sorry, uh, that's not that's not the model you should be picking. Now, the Moderna trial is uh, a bit more um, real world realistic, where they're using older adult macaques. Um, but again, I'm I'm of the opinion right now that so what do they use? They used a uh, bioqual, a private. Um, animal research facility and again anything that's private is is going to be subject to biases that they're not going to reveal adverse events that happen in their exposure and I, th there's great incentive for them to cover it up whereas I, I would have belabored under the assumption that in a more academic environment where there wasn't the the or you had the academic freedom to explore all the parameter space of the type of study that you were doing would report non-biasedly if you see adverse events and what we see in the human rollout is that yes adverse events happen so where's where's the uh i would expect that i, I would i've got 99.9999% confidence that you would see similar responses in non-human primates where are the reports of that and I, i'll just bring up on the the screen right now um here's one here's one that we're, we're i'm looking at right now that i'm personally involved with right that is a severe necrotizing coagulopathy following exposure to Pfizer. Now, um, it, it, there's no way, no how you can convince me that had you done the proper studies in primates, that you wouldn't have seen this type of reaction. And this type of reaction would have caused you in the monkey study to stop. It, 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 it's, it's, the, it's the law. Where was the injection site? In the arm. An upper arm? Yep. What, do you know what they're marking there with the pen? Where they're going to amputate the arm. Aye. Okay. And it's moving into the chest area, it looks like. Yep. yep. And full. I've got video of them doing the amputation. Pulling out clot after clot. Now, I've seen some pathology footage of similar stuff. And there's no, I, I 
cannot buy for one minute that they haven't seen something similar in non-human primates. And if they haven't, it means they aren't doing the test properly. Because the thing is, you should be exploring the envelope of what these what these compounds do. That's what they're there for. That's what that's why we take the risks that we do. That people like myself would supposedly work in those environments to to make sure that we're a hundred percent or as close as we can be to making sure that these products are suitable for human consumption or human use. Jigs is saying his mum's arm looks like that now. Yeah. Oh, shit. And, uh, yeah, and Dora, he doesn't have his arm anymore. They had to amputate his arm. There's, yeah. th there's no coming back from that. That is, that is a piece of rotting flesh hanging off his body. Why? Because of coagulopathy. Amyloid-driven coagulopathy. We know what the we know what the mechanisms are. We know how it presents, and this is why it's so important that we get a few monkeys lined up and we consistently reproduce this pathology, so we can show what the what the actual mechanisms are, rather than just relying on oh, it's just a single case study, because that's the objection you'll always get from the from the narrative controllers. Oh, it's just one. It's just well, okay. There's, there's one, there's more than one. There's 568 reports peer reviewed. So past, past peer review right now that are, that are out there indicating that something like this is, is occurring either visible or internally like, uh, the reproductive issues that are being reported, the bleeding. Mm -hmm. In, in that menopause that are just beginning to be reported if you know effectively i think the reproductive or the reprotoxicity issue is is like a big iceberg i think that's where the mm. real damage is happening yeah look moderna and pfizer had hidden away in their documents that next the next generation and rodents rodents that they tested were coming out with birth defects and in this instance it was uh, in the uh, bone formation around the rib cage so they kept that hidden. There was incentive for them to keep that hidden. And where's the where's the data from the monkeys? I want to see it. They haven't done these studies properly. I bet you I could. So I, let me about that specifically. Uh, I I heard a lot of anecdotal discussion uh, when first really getting connected with this global circle of scientists. Um, early on, uh, that all of the early mRNA uh, phase two and phase three trials in animals uh, resulted in dead animals. I, I know that when a study fails um, behind the proprietary wall of, of corporate law, they can just make it disappear. The study never happened. Um, how would we get, or, or have you seen evidence of that? Have you seen anything in the literature saying uh, that early trials, I'm talking, I guess, from 2005 to 2015. Yeah, there were, it was published. It was published that okay. exposure to these vaccines, it didn't matter what type, inactivated or, or gene vectored, would cause adverse events such that the animals would die. It was known. 
Well, I knew that that's why Moderna never was able to bring a product to market. Mm. And let's say now, now we're supposed to be reliant on Kushal and his his research that may, got him into a position where he's a he's a he's literally going to be a yes man for um, NIH corporations etc because he knows that he's he's been engaging in fabrication and probably they know it and you know it was all hush hush but they've got their man in in a position whereas someone with probably stronger research ethical principles like myself wouldn't get to that position because i, w I would i would be far more open about my uh the, the adverse events that you do see i make a point of, of speaking about it every time i do talk about the primate research that we've done if we could blockchain science uh in a in a, a new utopic world for me there would be a registry and in order to initiate any kind of public or private whether it's university or pharma um clinical trials period you had to go through some kind of a blockchain registry and monitoring mm. and it became essentially hardened data it became permanent you know archival data immediately and you're not allowed to erase any of it mm. and of course that's never gonna happen <laughs> but uh that would be well, but that that's be my solution to it no but that's a, that's actually a good a good idea right that you know i guess you know blockchain's with us now so we may, we may as well at least use it where it can be useful where we can we can blockchain the primates that are used for these studies and see what's being done to them now look i was i was on the extreme end of interventions and experimentation and you know you could you can pull my records and see all the manipulations that we've made Well, probably not less so right now, just because I'm not in an institute and there would just be that block right now. Mm -hmm. But I, I make a point of when I'm doing the, the, the discussions about my research of, of what we do see when we do these manipulations. Yeah, we can get some great data about, um, well, abnormal behaviors and the, the neural networks that could be driving them. But I'm, I'm, brutally honest about the fact that that there's a degree of lethality involved in doing that type of research monkeys die Monk, monkeys monkeys <laughs> not are not coming out the other end smelling of roses no right it's it's a it's a final trajectory on their timeline and and i'm I've been fastidious about reporting that. Now, do, do I write it up in the paper that monkey X, Y, I mean, actually some of my papers do that, you know, we lost them early in study. Mm -hmm. Do you have to show mortality over time scale, that kind of thing? Um, not especially for the, for the research that I was doing, but the, um, you know, the, uh, my experience of working with IACUC, IRB type boards. Yes, sweetheart. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
yeah, Daddy disconnected your internet, so you wouldn't use it last night. Daddy will be there soon. And, uh... Yeah, she's got a habit of waiting for everyone to go to sleep and then going and uh, playing on the computer all night. Um, I'll just tell you a quick little story. One time when, in one of my corporate roles, I walked into my boss's office and her purse was bursting with a router and the cables and the power supply and all that. Just, I was like, what happened? She said, I have the internet in my purse. (laughs) Just, uh, you gotta, you gotta put a stuff on it somehow. And the, the, the boys seem to be able to switch off at night. She, she doesn't. Um, so it is what it is. Yeah, it's probably a good time for yeah to, to stop. So thank you, Nick, for your time. And um, it's always uh, it, it's streams streams where I can just chat to someone. It's uh, it's uh, easy for me. I don't have to think about you know the content Very happens sad. happens spontaneously, yeah. right? So it's not. Yes. When does Jonathan find time to make all of those slides? I don't. Uh, how does he do that? Uh, I, I don't know. Slides. I don't know. I I I couldn't do it. Um, I've got too much other stuff to do around, just around doing what I do do. And that's trying to follow the papers, follow other stories, etc., um, etc. Et yeah, he's, uh, I say he's, uh, we're very lucky to have someone like Jonathan on fighting in our corner. Um, there's Agreed. some great, um, great people who, who have, um, given a lot and um yeah, we should we should be thankful for um all of them yeah and good dog is right is that i'm putting off my work proposal it's, it's procrastinating it's me procrastinating and I've, all i've got to do is make the figures and put references in and uh like it's a couple of hours work but... okay you have a community here that will help manage you <laughs> <laughs> yeah keep, keep me on track but, uh, all right uh i will uh be in touch and what have you and uh we'll keep okay. uh, keep fighting on all right thanks again take care yeah you too dude bye-bye cheers all right let's see Hold, uh, ding, ding, ding. all right folks uh that's the end of the stream um let me just check if anyone uh is not to see you today uh no you're all you wait let me just I've got one more chance to check come on Make it something. Oh, Jews. God damn it. Right. <laughs> Let me just remind everyone. Um, you want the doc to be uh, getting his hands dirty, bringing this science to light, please. McCann Dojo, go there. Um, they take, they've taken away my PayPal. Um, so donations have dried up considerably. Uh, please uh, lend support where you can, even if it's just sharing. Uh, it helps try to build the community out. And uh, with that, I'll bid you adieu. Have a fine weekend. Um, I will see you in the next one. If UFC is still on, I might stream that. Um, but <laughs> I got it. I got work too. Right. Take care. Bro, you don't know how angry I am. You do. I'm like, I was just leaving for fucking work. You do not understand how fucking first off. After reading that online, I would be arrested for not taking a fucking vaccine. Fuck these papers. I will fucking kill you fucking pepper! I kill you! This is not a fucking joke anymore! Russ is fucking dead serious! I am fucking dead serious! These people don't know who the fuck they actually say.